0: What a big sports weekend for me. We'll get into that a little bit later. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is you decide to make Big Sky Sports Talk a part of your day, my family and I greatly appreciate it. You found the only podcast in the world completely devoted to the full coverage of the four major franchises of one major market, and that's uh, Phoenix, Arizona. We do things a little bit differently. We do it from Big Sky Country, Billings, Montana. We cover issue football and issue basketball to go along with it, and all presented by the unofficial presenting sponsor of Mooyah Billings. Yeah, a uh, big, big uh, sports weekend this past weekend, a lot going on, some winning, some losing, um, but it's some of the winning that happened that, that I'm pretty jacked up about. Um, but hey, how are you? I hope you're doing well. It's been a little while. Uh, I know... Uh, Thursday's podcast. I uh, said, "Hey, I'll talk to you tomorrow." Well, uh, it might have been Wednesday. See, I, it's been so long; it's it's I don't even remember. Well, those days came and went, and I, I did not talk to you. If you do follow me on uh, social media at Big Sky Sports Talk for Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and TikTok, then then I, I talk to you a little bit via a um a post, but uh other than that I do apologize and, and uh it was just it was just the way the weekend and the days went uh for me and uh I did get some rest which was much much needed um and uh I'm thankful for that but uh yeah it was it was a little bit of a uh a long weekend um I think uh Friday was this past Friday was my first five to two, uh, in back to back days Friday and Saturday, so that had a little bit to do with it. Um, I I've gotten the habit, unfortunately, uh, because I have so much else going on uh, for Thursday to you know that I usually don't do a show, so that that's kind of what's going on right now. Um, if and when my my life you know freeze up i will uh or if i you know uh my schedule completely starts to change which it might go to five to twos then then if that's the case i will probably uh have um back back to uh you know four shows guaranteed uh but maybe back to five um unfortunately uh this this last week was was rough and and so therefore I didn't have any you you didn't have any coverage um, from Thursday and Friday um, and, and so I, and I'm because it's you know irrelevant now any of what I would have used I won't have that uh, for today's but today's show is, is big enough in itself we have um, three. Uh, Diamondbacks games to talk about, a big win for the Cardinals, and um, uh, ASU as, as well, and, and there's a lot of content that I have for all three of those topics, and then uh, interesting topic uh, from Burns and Gambo via, uh, for the Suns, so we have actually a little bit of Suns uh, for today's show as well. Um yeah, I said a lot a lot happened over the weekend and even uh yesterday. Um so a uh, a lot to to get to. I don't know if I have anything um personally to talk about uh for for me in in, in my life. I know uh uh Saturday was work, uh Friday same thing, Sunday uh church and that, that was that was always good. Um yeah, I I don't I don't think I, I have anything uh to to really mention. So I guess we'll go ahead and get right into it. It's gonna be a long show, so I appreciate you guys listening all the way through. Um, but we'll start with sound credits. Uh dbacks.com gives us all three games of the Yankees. Um and an interesting series that was. Um and that, uh, because of the postponed game, it, you know, it it made it makes things pretty difficult going forward for the uh, Diamondbacks, and we will um, get into that if you again, if you followed me, uh, followed. Hopefully, you, you it's follow and not ed as in past tense, like you stop following. Um, but at Big Sky Sports Talk, easy easy to find for uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and YouTube. I posted a video talking about the the rough stretch ahead, and we'll talk about that rough stretch ahead um, for today's show for the Diamondbacks. But uh, dbacks.com gives us those three games. Um, We have, um, let's see, for um, Kenny Dillingham via uh, Sun Devil Source, uh, both – after the game and then, um, yesterday's, uh, press availability. Um, the, uh, Pac-12 network gives us the highlights, uh, from ASU and USC. Um, and then, uh, azcardinals.com gives us, um, and not necessarily this order, but, you know, gives us, uh, Josh Dobbs, um, Jonathan Gannon, Uh, Kaiser White, Kecho Clark, um, Marquise Brown, um, and and Paris Johnson, as well as uh, the highlights uh, from Sunday's game. And then uh, from Monday, Jonathan Gannon and uh, Michael Wilson. Um, And then uh, uh, Arizona Sports YouTube page, Um, there's a conversation that, that I guess I can buy into, um, that uh, Wolf and Luke have. And then um, I know this is the only thing from from Friday, um, but um, with Kyler Murray's um, soon video, uh, Dan and Vince have a conversation that that has to do with that. Um, And, well, this week is week four. Kyler could be off of PUP. After the end of uh, all of the, uh, um, at the end of this week, um, at after uh, Sunday's game, um, probably uh, a week from today, he could he could be active. So, uh, will because of that we'll have that, and then I think that's it. Um, so, dbacks.com, dot com, com, the YouTube page for, um, uh. Arizona Sports and Sun Devil Source gives us all of uh, uh, today's uh, sound as well as Arizona Sports YouTube page gives us the uh, um, sound that we're going to use talking about the suns. So I believe that's that's everything. Um, the uh, two-minute warning is up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. Muya Burgers, Fries, Shakes, and Billings is the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. There are several Muya locations throughout the United States and a couple of locations internationally. Let's start out with the food. The burgers are fantastic. They have burgers for every lifestyle, vegan, keto, low-calorie, as well as gluten-free. My personal favorite is the cheddar bacon barbecue burger. Their fries are always fresh, and don't forget about the Mouya sauce. You can get a shake to go along with it. Though the food is good, I always leave satisfied, but their customer service is at the top. Rico, he's the general manager of Moya Billings. He and his staff are top-notch. They are located at 2695 King Avenue West in Billings, Montana. So go see my guy Rico. He'll hook you up and tell him I sent you. Muya Billings, the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. It's the two-minute warning. This is the beautiful part of the podcast where you give me two minutes, and I give you everything that happened over the weekend and on Monday. We start things off in the Bronx, New York. The Yankees fought for their playoff lives and won 7-1. to one. Aaron Judge pretty much single-handedly beat the Diamondbacks. He had six RBIs and three home runs. Brandon Fott went four and a third, gave up eight hits, five earned runs, and had eight strikeouts. Game two was postponed due to inclement weather and was rescheduled for yesterday. On Sunday, it was the D-backs' turn to win 7-1. to Zach Allen was fantastic. He pitched six innings, gave up Three hits, two walks, and had eight strikeouts. On Sunday, the Yankees were officially eliminated from playoff contention due to the D-backs' win. Unfortunately, the D-backs lost yesterday 6-4 and therefore lost the series 2-1. Merrill Kelly went five innings, gave up four hits, two earned runs, two walks, and had five strikeouts. The D-backs had the lead at the end of the seventh, but the bullpen gave it up. Because of the postponed game, the D-backs have six games in six days to finish the season. Zach Davies will take the mound to start the series against the White Sox tonight. Next, we take things to Tempe, Arizona. ASU lost to USC 42-28. It was actually a six-point game in favor of USC after three quarters. However, USC put up 15 to ASU's seventh, seven in the fourth. After four games in a row at home, ASU finally hits the road and will face Cal this Saturday. Finally, we take things to Glendale, Arizona, where the Arizona Cardinals get their first win of the season, taking down the Dallas Cowboys 28-16. Cardinals will face the 49ers on Sunday. That is your two-minute warning. The Diamondbacks are up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. Well, uh, unfortunately, the uh, D-backs lost the series against New York, but they were a part of eliminating the Yankees from playoff contention. So we don't have to worry about the Yankees in the in the playoffs. Uh, I know I get pretty jacked up about that. In fact, uh, I, I uh, if you follow me on Facebook, I shared a a meme that uh, that um, regarding the weekend and. Um, the you know uh, uh, games that were played it was uh via what was it via um, trying to to find it uh, let's see via um uh, NFL memes, their Facebook page. It said, uh, D-backs eliminated Yankees from playoff contention. The Cardinals handed the Cowboys their first L of the season. Not a good day for Lakers fans. Now, obviously, you know, was, none of that has anything to do with Lakers, and that's the point. But, um, you know, I don't I don't like any of the the uh, opponents um, mentioned there. I don't like the Yankees. Uh, I do I don't like the Dallas Cowboys can't stand the Lakers. And so why not, you know, why not include the, the Lakers into that? You know, everybody else does. So it, it was just, it was just good stuff. It was funny. I uh, enjoyed it. Um, what I did not enjoy though expected. And I basically chalk up to, we had to travel to New York. New York was already in New York and Of course, New York, you know, the state of New York doesn't leave, but you know, the team uh, does, uh, and they have Aaron Judge, and we don't. As he had three homers, six RBIs, uh, just absolutely single handedly crushed the D backs. Brandon fought, started out well, but uh, didn't. uh, His numbers say that he didn't. He went four and a third, giving up eight hits, five earned runs, and uh, had eight strikeouts. Uh, Didn't issue a walk. Um, Slade Siccone went two and uh, Two thirds giving up three hits And one earned run uh, Had two strikeouts A 4.33 ERA And Mantiply pitched the last inning uh, Had a hit and gave up A walk 4.95 ERA Corbin Carroll 0 for 4 uh, Ketel Marte 1 for 4 Tommy Pham 0 for 3 Jake uh, McCarthy 0 for 1 Christian Walker 1 for 4 Alec Thomas 1 for 4 Lourdes Scurlio Jr. as a DH 0 for 4. Um, Gabby Moreno 0 for 2. Uh, Jace Peterson 0 for 3. And Perdomo uh, 2 for 3. Um, Luke Weaver gets the win. And it was his first game in Yankee Stadium. Brandon Fock gets the loss. And uh, Brito gets the save. Here is how the game went down.
1: Yankee right hander Luke Weaver so with Cincinnati Seattle and the Yankees this will be his 24th start he's two and five six point seven seven swing and a miss he takes the pitch up in the zone Carroll down on strikes
2: different colored shoes as this one is popped up into foul territory third base side and yeah, the third baseman Oswald Peraza will make the catch
1: and that's slowed down by Weaver. Bare handed by Bulby and he gets Fam for the final out. Nice play by the rookie shortstop. You score 1-6-3. Diamondbacks go down in order. Brandon is the third wheel
3: in the mix and a chance to be an X Factor here in the chase for a while, card. Yeah, this is a good start for him here to, to pitch in this ballpark against a pretty good uh, lineup up and down with that Yankees. A lot of young players on the team. And a good start for Brandon fought with that sinker gets it by Florial for
1: the first out. There's was a base hit for Judge in the gap. Cutting over is Thomas. Judge going for two. The throw is not in time. He smelled an extra base hit and took off. A lot of good things happen. I mean, a great swing,
4: a line drive, a little check swing tapper. Brandon picks it up.
3: Judge into third, and the Diamondbacks get their second out. tapped to third. Jace Peterson collects it. And Brandon Fought, able to strand
1: that a one-out double. Bounce from the Braves to the Reds to the Diamondbacks. Oh, what a play by Peraza. Just robbed him of an extra base hit. Uh, I mean, he is uh,
4: he's a great defensive player. I think the more he plays the position, the better he's gonna get.
3: Alec hits it off the mound, and by Volpe, it gets into center. Thomas aboard with the Diamondbacks first hit. Ground ball, Volpe. There's one. And there's two. The inning-ending double play. And he gets Stanton to chase. There's the fought sweeper. That's been a very effective pitch for him, and he gets his second strikeout. Two and two from Brandon Fought. And Moreno hangs on. There's the sinker again. Brandon Fought opens up the second with back to back strikeout.
4: Swing and a miss. Brandon Fought strikes out the side in the second. The seventh consecutive strike. First pitch
1: strike for Weaver, seven for seven. Another catch by Peraza. Soft ground ball. Volpe gets
3: Peterson. Had a chance to visit yesterday. There's another smash off a of diamond back bat. He turned on that fastball. Gonzo knocked it right back up the box.
1: Swing and a miss. Carroll down on strikes for the second time. No runs a hit. That's what I remember of that World Series is those three games at home. Cabrera with a single as he continues his hot streak. The Big Soriano hit. Knocked down by Fought. Knocked down again, and everybody's safe as Perazo reaches
3: right there at the knees a sweeper dropped it in there beautifully five strikeouts through the first ten batters for Brandon Vaughn.
1: Runners at first and second well, here's Aaron Judge. Judge hits one deep to right center field. There it goes. See ya. A low home run into the Yankee bullpen. A three run shot.
3: And Torres waves at that sweeper. Fought has six strikeouts now, but trails at 3 nothing Two outs in the third. Boy, Brandon fought seven strikeouts through three in New York, but he trails at 3 nothing. Leave that ball up, he can hit it out by a mistake. In the air to center, Alec broke back, comes back in now. The wind is swirling straight in from left field. Swing and a miss. Another changeup. Fought has matched his career high. That's eight strikeout. Back to Brandon, he's got that one, and he strands the two-out double. Diamondbacks trail it three nothing
5: through four. That Bichette hit off of Yandy Diaz's glove.
3: Three-two, cut out, a missed a fastball over his head. Struck out Thomas one away. Moreno hard to short. Volpe scoops it up and it gets away from Bowers Moreno heads to second and there's no throw there's no one covering the bag. He might have had a play on Gabby right there the ball came right back to Bowers but neither Volpe or Torres decided to cover second base and Bowers had nobody to throw the ball to.
4: I stretch out there and then the ball's not there and it puts him in an awkward position but luckily he's going to get out of this inning anyway.
1: Florial makes the catch and that'll do it. No runs no hits. One hour, one man left. He would take notes in the dugout during games. Ground it and passed Peterson and down the left field line. Banging around out there as Perraza will stop at second with a leadoff double. No Peraza at second with no one out. Here's Floreal. Sky to deep left field. Going back Fam. Turning, looking, and it's off the wall. Peraza will score easily. Floreal showing power the other way with an RBI double. It's four-nothing Yanks.
2: As now Judge digs in.
1: Driven deep to right center field.
3: Here comes the judge. And the Yankees
2: blowing it open in New York. It is 6 to nothing.
3: Bella had two balls and no strikes. Here's a base hit from Arte. Perdomo into second. And a chance now for Tommy
1: Pham. 2 1 and 1 out Grounded slowly to third. Peraza bare hands. Fires got him. Nice play. So Brito comes on and does the job.
3: Now, near the 2 0. Faconi giving him some length and versatility in that bullpen. It's up in that wind. And Peterson can't make the catch as Corbin tumbles behind him. It's a fair ball. Florel's gonna hit for third. No one's there. He gets there and they get the out. Florial runs into the out at third base. There was no one covering the bag. Gabriel Moreno noticed it right away and hustled up that line to get to the base. And is Corbin okay? He took that big divot. He caught a cleat or a spike in that grass and went for a tumble. Walking back to his position in left field seems to be okay. So I was gonna
1: bring up Judge. Judge has two home runs tonight. It's his sixth multi-home run game this year. 7-0 Yanks Aaron Judge Rook
4: one down the
1: right field line well
3: into the seats his third home run of the game it's a judgey and blast
1: and all right here comes the judge and the Yankees take a seven nothing lead multiple three home run games this season first Yankee all time to do that the crowd wants to love them
3: the Diamondbacks offense they've not done much since only two singles. Walker hits one through the wind, and this one's going to go. Christian Walker, upper deck and left, and that's his 31st. And the Diamondbacks finally break through. Well, they owed Walker that one. 7-1, Yanks. We're in
1: the ninth. And here's Goriel, Jr.
3: And there it is. A rough night for the
2: Diamondbacks. Yankees win it in dominant fashion. 7-1 your final.
0: It was a dominant uh, game uh, indeed. Um, and one thing I realized. Well, let me give you the the thing, uh, the stat line: one run, five hits, two errors for the Diamondbacks. Seven runs, twelve hits, and one error for uh, the Yankees. Um, and Corbin Carroll was all right, and it was an interesting play. Like he caught caught a cleat somewhere, and and I mean, just flipped over, landed real hard on his on his knees. Um, and that, that was, it was kind of a scary moment, but, um, like I said, chalk it up to, they have Aaron Judge, we traveled and they didn't, you know, that's kind of what I chalk it up to, but what I was saying, watching that game and a little bit of yesterday's game, I, I realized one major thing and the Yankees fans And that market demands so much excellence from their organization. It is by far and away greater than we demand the uh, Diamondbacks organization. And and it's you've heard me on this show multiple times. Why not? And maybe uh, you know maybe the majority of Arizona fans are just smarter that they they don't invest that much into their team because they realize sports is not that important in the grand scheme of things. And, and it really isn't, you know, it's, it's a great escape, but it's, you know, it's not that important. But for me, it is like it, it, it's like God, family, church, sports, like that, that's, that's the, um, that's the order for me. (laughs) And it's, uh, it, and there's no secret you know that, that that's what it is and i will just like i i want the excellence you heard the fans booing when christian walker hit that solo shot and he wasn't they they weren't necessarily booing christian walker as much as they were booing their team for giving up the run um and and that is that only comes from demanding excellence i mean they they uh Booing Stanton because he he's you know he he's been lackluster of late and uh, it was just that's one thing I one major thing I realized from that market that that fan base that Diamondbacks don't have that I wish we did um, and it makes a difference whether you believe it or not it absolutely makes a difference. Um. Saturday's game was postponed to yesterday, so it you know this is this is the second game played, but the third what would have been the the third uh, game, I, they basically just kind of switched the rotation, the same. So I guess you know the rotations are the same for this game, but really and truly, it's the third game uh, play. Uh, what was the third scheduled game? It's all confusing, but it. Uh, it uh, went in the favor of the Diamondbacks that helped eliminate the Yankees, and it was seven to one, a complete difference. Zach Gallen was absolutely fantastic, six uh, innings pitched, three hits, no walks, or no only two walks, no earned runs, eight strikeouts, three point four nine ERA. Thompson win an inning, struck out one, three point nine zero. Ginkel win an inning, gave up one hit, two walks, two strikeouts, two point one two. Prios win an inning uh had two hits, the one earned run and uh two walks, a strikeout for uh ERA for him. Uh Gabby Moreno 2 for 5. Corbin Carroll uh 2 for 5. Tommy Pham is the DH 2 for 3. Christian Walker 1 for 3. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. 0 for 3. Rivera um 0 for 1. Uh Evan Longoria 1 for 3. Jake McCarthy, uh, pinch runner, um, and then then he was inserted into the lineup 0-for-1. Uh, Jordan Lawler, 0-for-3. Alec Thomas, 0-for-3. And Perdomo, 0-for-2. Um, um, Diamondbacks, uh, seven runs on eight hits. No errors. Yankees, one run. Six hits and two errors, uh, and here is how this one went.
1: And they are going to face Carlos Rodon. He's 3-6 with a 5.90 ERA, more than a strikeout per inning. Well, he's coming off a good
4: one. His last outing in Pittsburgh, 10 strikeouts. First time he's done that with a Yankee. He had 11 last year, which led the major leagues, and a good combo. Strikeout rate is way up based on balls percentage way down. Kind of looks like his old self much more and better mix. He is mixing his curveball and his changeup a lot more to go with that fastball and slider.
3: Moreno in his first ever at bat as a leadoff hitter has a leadoff single. What else would you expect? That's going to find Greengrass in center Moreno will head for third L'Oreal kicks it around out there and Corbin's in its second standing up Tommy Pham the D.H. given these weather conditions the sooner you can get a lead the better one one count on Tommy Pham Pham slams it to center Florial is there Here comes Gabby. Corbin will tag up as well Diamondback strike first at Yankee Stadium Boy, just a nice productive out right there get that sacrifice fly not only that move that runner from second to third base another opportunity here to get that second run here in the first inning with Christian Walker coming to the plate Christian swung the bat very well here Friday night. And Walker hits it high in the air deep to right field. This should be room enough for Corbin to come on home. And here he comes just ahead of the throw make it RBI 96 for Christian Walker in a two nothing
1: D-backs lead. And that's hard contact to left field but right there is I.K.F. And that'll do it. Two runs two hits one error nobody left Yankees coming to back
3: Zach Gallen will make start number thirty three this year he's already thrown just under one hundred ninety eight innings already blowing by his previous career high. This is the guy you want on the mound when you need to win a game here for the Diamondbacks already off to two nothing start great start for him before he even took the mound ball by him Aaron Judge goes down swinging and Gallon has his first strikeout. He got away with one earlier but then here you see him attack high upside of the strike zone but left that still in a pretty decent spot for Judge just too late on that swing. Walker knocks it down. Tremendous recovery by Christian and they get Wells at first as Gallon hustles over the win really helped out Zach. It
1: keeps it two the Diamondbacks. Now we go to the second inning and Evan Longoria will lead off the veteran and the pitch see right. Oh, that's one away. As Longoria is caught looking. That one's chopped to first. LeMayu right there, and he's going to beat Thomas to the bag for the final out.
3: Gallon has been landing that knuckle curve in the zone for strikes. That's a very good sign for Zach. Swing and a miss. Gallon's got that fast ball going, and he gets his second strikeout. Oh, another good spot. You see Moreno setting up down and away, and he pinpoints that pitch right on that lower outer half. Good location for Zach Gallon. You never quite know with Zach what that secondary pitch might be, start to start. Uh, today it is definitely that curveball as he strikes out Cabrera on another curve. Gallon's punched out three and leads it to nothing. Oswald Peraza will lead off the bottom of the third inning as Gallon has pitched pretty effectively so far to start his day. And they just got it in and got it by him. Zach Gallon with three consecutive strikeouts, he's punched out four the first eight. Broken bat roller Perdomo's got it at second two down in the third eight consecutive set down by gallons. Judge doesn't chase try that cutter out there and gallon has put two on with two outs for Torres who should have had a home run his first time up he slammed it out to left and the wind just knocked it down
1: ground ball and it hits the upper and goes into right field here comes the value.
4: Well, This is a bad break. Yeah send the runners back but off the umpire's leg as soon as it hits the umpire dead ball runners only advance a base now that one almost hit Judge
3: and a nice play there by Jordan Lawler and gallon gets out of it he leaves them loaded and
1: it stays two nothing after three so rough first inning for Rodon not helped by his defense gave up two runs that's holding up so far we're in the fourth swing and a miss fam. Swings with the changeup, and that's a pitch that's going to be valuable for Rodon.
2: The Yankees trailed the Diamondbacks two to nothing, and now leading off the bottom of the fourth inning, shortstop Anthony Volpe.
3: Strikeout number five, right there. I think his approach so far has been really good, just working that fastball on that outer edge, and every now and then showing something inside. That good knuckle curve's been working. And he's got strikeout number six as he rings up Connor Falefa on a fastball. That fastball you'll see just off the inner edge right there. Nice frame job, too, by Moreno to get the call. One will get by Gallon. Perdomo hustles over to collect it. And Gallon has a one, two, three, fourth inning. It's off to the fifth with a two nothing lead in New York.
2: Bottom of the fifth inning, Oswald Peraza leads off for
3: New York. Peraza to center. Alec Thomas through the raindrops. And Alec's got it. Alec Thomas holds it in in deep left center field. And that's the first out in the fifth. What a catch. Alec Thomas seems just to get to everything. What a great play out there. Just this ball was hammered out to left center field. And watch you see Thomas just zoning in on it, just catching that ball right on the peak of his jump. Zach Gallon appreciative, certainly. Yeah, take a big exhale. Got him. Yeah. Fastball right down the middle. Gallon challenged him and he won. He beat LeMayhew for strikeout number seven. Boy, well, this is a huge out right here. Just overpowered him right here with a fastball. Not exactly where Moreno wanted it. He wanted it up and in a little bit. Called strike three. Got him on a curveball and he rings up Judge. Gallon with eight strikeouts and a 2 0 lead through five in the Bronx.
1: Well we go to the seventh inning first two batters single first two batters scored and since then he has faced the minimum 18 batters to third goes Pham to
2: second goes Walker and those are now two in scoring position for Evan Longoria.
3: Base hit. It went right through Peraza at third. Fam is home. Here comes Walker. Evan Longoria drives in till and It's 4 nothing D backs. That was a rocket single right there, right past the third baseman. Absolute smash to third for Longo.
1: So Rodon departs. Boone will go to the bullpen. So the Yankees then bring in Randy
3: Vasquez. 3 1 count on Alec Thomas. And he walked him there, loaded. Roldo Perdomo coming up. Perdomo, the second baseman. Batting ninth. He's 0 for two in the air left field. It's an adventure out there. Connor Falafa has got this one. Here comes McCarthy Lawler tags up as well. Thomas advances and it's five nothing. The RBI for Geraldo Perdomo. Just another good productive out. Three runs today scored on sack flies. And they're on the corners now with no outs. So a chance for Walker who picked up RBI number 96 back in the first with a sack fly made it two nothing.
2: Ground ball to third, backhanded nicely by Peraza. His only play is to first. It is in time for the out. Carroll scores, and it's now 6-0 Diamondbacks as Walker collects RBI number 97. Four-pitch walk with two outs.
3: Top of the order now for Moreno. Well, there goes Geraldo. Gabby reaches out and pokes it out to right center. Bowers and Florial. Neither guy's going to get it. Pernodmo's going to come home and score, and Gabby's at second base. It's seven nothing. Bowers and Florial nearly collided out there, and it got all the way to the wall in right center. Here is Luis Frias. Twenty-four appearances. He worked last Saturday and Sunday in a sweep of the Cubs. Three-two to DJ Lemayhew. Didn't go, says Vic Carapazza, and Judge
1: will bat with a. Base is loaded. Three-two. And he walked in a run. How about that? So two straight walks, and that'll get the Yankees their first run at 7-1. Carthy Walker, Christian out there, and he's got the basket catch for the game
3: ender. And the Diamondbacks, even this series at Yankee Stadium, had one game apiece. Seven to one winners, and they get win number eighty-two on the year for Tour Lovello.
0: Win number eighty-two sounds absolutely fantastic, unfortunately. Uh, they would uh, lose uh, yesterday afternoon 6-4, and uh, it was the bullpen again. I say again because, well, it's happened throughout, you know, 80-plus games. But uh, Merrill Kelly w- was pretty solid, five innings, uh, four hits, two earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts, 3.38 ERA. South rank remains absolutely perfect, one inning. Zeros across the board with the exception of one walk. Zeros are his ERA. Just absolutely fantastic. Going to be key um, in the playoffs. Thompson goes for a second straight uh, game, one inning, two uh, hits, one earned run, strikeout 4.08. Ginkle, two thirds of an inning, two hits, three earned runs, two walks. I uh, a strikeout, 2.52 ERA. Castro goes a, a third of an inning, one hit, uh, and that's all that was given up. Thankfully, that's all that was given up, 4.52 ERA. Um, Carmen Carroll, 3 for 5. Um, Gabby Moreno, 1 for 4. Tommy Pham, 0 oh for 5 as a DH. Uh, Christian Walker, 1 for 3. Alec Thomas, 1 for 5. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., 0 oh for 3. Um... Rivera one for four, Jordan Lawler one for three, um, Perdomo zero for three, and that is everybody. New York six runs, not on nine hits, no errors. Diamondbacks four runs on eight hits and the error, and a uh, bullpen given up game. They had the lead at the end of seven, but gave it up right there. Uh, that three earned run. And uh, here is how it all went down.
3: The Yankee starter today, it's Clark Schmidt. 27-year-old right-hander, a Yankee first-round pick in 2017 out of the University of South Carolina. And he's finishing up his first full season in the Yankee
1: rotation.
2: Carroll ready to go, so is Schmidt.
1: The 1 0, broken bat, looper into right field. That is going to be caught on the run by Oswaldo Cabrera. Gabriel Moreno, Gabby
3: starting his ninth consecutive game behind the plate. 3 2 to Gabby. And there's that plate discipline that Lavello talked about. May. Walker steps in. 2 2. Hit him. Two on and two out for Alec. Another start in center field. Base hit that's down the line. This will get Gabby home. Walker's on the run. He's headed for third. Christian coming around. The relay is not in time. And Alec Thomas gives the Diamondbacks a 2-0 lead. Start number 29 for Merrill Kelly. Coming off a win over the Giants last week in much better conditions. Gonzo at Chase field than the ones with which he will contend here today.
1: D.J. LeMahieu in at first base leads it off. Wrapped into center field. It's a base hit in front of Thomas. So Lemayhu wins the 11th pitch at bat. So once again judges work the count full and he walks.
3: Merrill's next strikeout will set a new career high strikeout for him called strike three went to the fastball got a big strikeout and Torres did not argue he got caught looking 178 strikeouts this season for Merrill Kelly that's a new career high. But Perdomo who had an 0 for 25 stretch earlier this month has a pair of two hit games in his last four. Here's a two two breaking ball strike three. So Perdomo is gone and so are the Diamondbacks. Peranza at one ninety nine a homer at twelve R.B.I.s, and it's another full count form that's five full counts on the first seven Yankee hitters and gets the swing and miss with a fastball up and it's a one two three second for Merrill Kelly. Moreno walked and scored in the first came home on that Alec Thomas two out two run double Speaking a strikeouts
1: Moreno down on strikes one away. Tommy fanned the batter.
3: 2 2. Struck came out swinging. High fastball. And there are two a Third strikeout for Schmidt. Mayhew had that long at bat to begin the game and wound up with a single to center. And that's still the only Yankee hit. Oh, Merrill went after him with a high fastball and got him to chase. And that's the third strikeout for Merrill Kelly. The Yankee fans that are here making some noise for Big Aaron Judge, who walked in the first. Hard to short. Lawler snags it. Jordan Lawler low throw and Walker's got it. What a play by the kid.
2: Exceptional defense from the rookie at short and we go into the fourth inning. The Yankees don't score.
6: And that
3: brings up Lawler. Jordan Lawler only 21 years old. That one wants to get down in front of Pereira out there and it does. Lawler's got the single as Glaver Torres leads
1: off the Yankee fourth. Three and two. Skyed into right center field. On the run is Thomas. He can't get there. The ball goes to the wall, and Torres will go to second with a
3: leadoff double here in the fourth. The catcher Wells hit into a double play that ended the first. Whoa. High
1: drive, right field. There it
5: goes,
1: See ya. A long shot into the bleachers. Two run home run. It's a two-two game. Hit it hard enough where the wind can't affect it. This was a rocket from Austin Wells there's Volpe grounded to third backhanded by Rivera and Walker can't make the scoop Volpe made the turn but
3: hustles back to first Christian Walker has been hit by a pitch and walked there's a base hit in the center for Christian it's a two out single that's a nice stroke just stayed right back up the box. He's aboard for the third time today. Esteban Florial, the center fielder, leads off the Yankee fifth against Merrill Kelly. Popped up. Here we go. It's in that win for Rivera. Lawler's over there as well. Jordan's got it. And he hangs on. Jordan Lawler, that rolling catch almost like a punt returner. And somehow able to hang on to that one. Nice job by Lawler just to keep his feet moving and able to make
1: that play, that snow cone catch. Everson has been sidelined with a Hamstring he kind of slipped down a step at Fenway Park so this is his first game back line drive it is a base hit he didn't know where the ball was held up he rounds first he's going to second the throw from Carroll is not in time it's a double for Emerson
3: Pereira judge is the hitter now he has walked and grounded out got him Merrill Kelly is swinging a miss he went after judge and got the strikeout there is Lawler who singled his last time up one two to Jordan Lawler and the pitch stride three right down the pipe. Weissett has a one-two-three. Diamondbacks guns have got to get something going. Corbin Carroll has a base hit to center and let's get Corbin going on the bases. There's your go ahead run. Oh, he jumped on that first sinker right there at 90 miles an hour stayed right back up the middle. This will be a good time for that Patton Moreno swing to go down that right field line. Corbin takes off got a jump the throw from Wells is high and Carroll's in there Dolan base number fifty one and that's the go ahead run Moreno delivers that's going to get Corbin Carroll home Gabrielle Moreno gives the Diamondbacks the lead Moreno shoots it into left center field nice job right there Oswald Peraza the third base of an 0 for 2 leads it off
1: for the Yankee. that one is drilled to deep left field there it goes See ya. a long home run for Peraza it's a 3-3 game
3: Judge's walk, grounded out, struck out, 0 for 2. In the air to center, Alec Thomas to the wall. Alec has got another one. Alec Thomas robs Aaron Judge in New York, and we stay tied at three. Need something from Guriel. Still hitless in the series. Lourdes 0 for 10. Oh boy, that hurt. They're never a good day for that to happen, but this is the worst day here is Emmanuel Rivera down the line and that's a fair ball Lourdes on the move he's headed to third Tony Perez Chica puts the brakes on as Pereira picks it up and it's a double for Emmanuel Rivera it's going to be Cattell Marte here he comes to the Yankees bring the infield in three two is low first pitch Corbin Carroll with a base hit Gurriel's home they'll stop Rivera
1: and it's 4-3 Diamondbacks the third hit today bases loaded one out 3-2 count money pitch from Ginkle ball four that'll tie the game
3: Wells at third Volpe at second Perez is at first high fly ball
1: that should get a run in, tagging as Wells, catch is made, here's the throw, Wells is safe, it's a sack fly for Foreyale, and the Yankees lead 5-4. Here's Pereira, doubled in the fifth, he's one for three. Ground ball, it's a base hit. Bumpy rounds third, he's coming home, he'll score.
3: Thomas, who had the two-run, two-out double in the first that made it 2-0 Diamondbacks, is
1: the last man standing. 3-2. Right back to Holmes. He sets, flips, and the Yankees win 6-4. to four.
3: And this one stings. Oh, it really does. This is a tough one. They got snatched away from them there in the bottom of the eighth. They just couldn't find a way to get close this game out.
0: Yeah. That that one uh, most certainly is rough. So uh, that uh, with that loss, uh, Diamondbacks are eighty-two and seventy-four, um, and tied for uh, the second uh, wild card spot with the uh, Cubs because of the tiebreaker. The Diamondbacks actually take that. So right now, the playoffs ended. Um, the Phillies would have uh, the first. Diamondbacks have the second. Cubs have the third. Um, behind the Cubs is one game back is the Marlins, and two and a half back is the Reds. Um, San Diego is five, and San Francisco is five. Uh, there are six games left as soon as. Uh, um, a combination of uh, wins and losses with uh, the uh, the Padres and the Giants they will be eliminated because they won't be able to catch um, any of these guys um, it's it's pretty much there um, already but not not officially um, if you look at the whole standings uh, Baltimore's in Tampa's in, uh, Toronto is still fighting, Yankees are eliminated, Boston's eliminated. Um, Minnesota is in Cleveland, Detroit and the White Sox are all in uh, Kansas City are all eliminated. Texas is still in um, are still fighting. Uh, Houston's still fighting uh, Seattle's still fighting. Uh, Angels and A's are eliminated. Uh, Braves are in Phillies. I just mentioned where they are. Miami, I just mentioned where they are. Mets are eliminated. Um, The Nationals are eliminated. Milwaukee's in. Chicago is fighting. Cincinnati's fighting. Pittsburgh and St. Louis have been eliminated. Dodgers are in. Uh, D-backs, San Diego, and San Francisco all fighting. And Rockies are eliminated. Um as it pertains to the Diamondbacks, as I said, because of the postponed game. Uh, Yesterday would have been a travel day, but uh, travel slash rest day, but they played uh, yesterday. Well, today um, is uh, against the White Sox, starts the series, and it will be Zach Davies. Um, They will play... The uh today, tomorrow, um, and uh Thursday uh against the White Sox. That that Thursday game right now is, is set for 1210 um um Mountain Standard Time. But uh you know, it, it it will probably end around two or three. Then they have to um fly all the way from the south side of Chicago back home to play the Astros the next day at a seven forty, um, uh, uh, um, first pitch, three against the Astros, um, all the way until the first of October. Um, that last game is at one ten, so it's an afternoon. But uh, six games in six days. Uh, is what the uh, Diamondbacks are facing, um, and that, you know, still very important for them to uh, to win. You know, they they are facing a White Sox team that is eliminated. Um, they'll be, will be looking to play spoiler just like the Yankees were um, after Sunday's contest, uh, as they did uh, to help play spoiler yesterday. Um, They'll be looking to do that the next couple of days, Um, and uh, like I said, need to win uh, the this uh, series. They need to take this one two to one. If they can get a sweep, that will be even better. Um, We'll keep an eye on um, the wild card, and you know, as as people get eliminated, uh, we will mention that uh, as well. But um, and then that home series against Houston, like I said, it is going to be a pretty big series. Um, and it is um, could be just as important. They could be facing a Houston team that is still looking to fight, uh, or they can be facing a Houston team that is looking to um, play spoiler. Or, unfortunately, hopefully not, the Diamondbacks could be looking to play a spoiler or just looking for, you know, um momentum going into the the next season. Uh hopefully it's not uh any of, any of that. Um and just as a reminder of where um Houston w- and what they're what they're trying to accomplish uh that is um they are they they second game or second game they're in second uh place a uh, wild card, um, and, um, well, actually, Tampa's already got that first one. So they're, they're basically fighting for second or third wild card. Um, and that second or third spot is between Toronto, Houston, and uh, Seattle. Um, right now, Toronto is two games ahead of Houston for the uh, um, second wild card spot in Seattle, is uh one game back of houston so uh houston still has to uh you know put their head down and, and keep on fighting just as much as the diamondbacks uh do if not if not more you know um it, it depending on how you look at it so that that last series could be huge six games in six days um so a lot going on if you're the uh, the d-backs um but uh, that's everything we got. We'll go ahead and move on to um, ASU and, and their unfortunate loss. Uh, they kept it close through uh, three quarters, but they have to, you know, you have to play all four and play it all tough, and they did not. Um, we'll, we'll talk about all things ASU uh, up next on uh, Big Sky Sports Talk. Well, uh, ASU is now one in three on the season, and uh, USC is ranked fifth and four and oh. uh, 42 to 28 in favor of uh, USC. Um, but uh, the uh, Sun Devils did fight uh, through uh, three, it was a six point lead, but 15 points uh, put up by uh, USC uh, did not help uh, ASU at all. Uh, Drew Pine started the game with um, uh, Rashada still injured. He went 21 of 36, 221 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Um, Caleb Williams, uh, 20 of 31 for 322 yards and three TDs. Um, Scadaboo, 20 carries, uh, 111 yards and a score. Um, Lloyd, 14 carries, 154 yards. Elijah Badger, 9 receptions, 88 yards and a touchdown. Rice, 7 receptions, 133 yards and 2 touchdowns. Um, It was uh, 14-7 at the end of first, and um, USC... Uh, tacked on seven more in the second 21 to um, uh, 13 and then uh, um, Arizona State scored eight in the uh, um, third USC uh, put up six more making it um, 21 uh, or no 28 to 21. Um, And then USC 15 in the fourth, and uh, Arizona State can only muster up seven more to make it 28-42. to Um, Let's see. Arizona State uh, had um, 21 first downs. They were 6 of 16 from third, and uh, 3 of 4 on fourth down. Um, And uh, USC 22 first downs. Uh, three of ten on third and one of two on fourth. Uh, for uh, ASU 353 yards total yards, uh, USC 535 of that um, was 322 passing for uh, 10.4 yards per pass. Uh, uh ASU 263 yards passing, uh, 6.7 yards per pass. Um, 90 yards rushing for uh, ASU on 32 attempts, 2.8 yards per rush, and 213 yards rushing for on 29 attempts and 7.3 for USC. Penalties: four for 26 for ASU, ten for 85. Uh, two turnovers, one fumble, and an interception. Um, and USC had had one fumble. Uh, 31 minutes and 48 seconds for ASU. Time of possession in 28 minutes and 12 seconds for USC. Um, courtesy of uh, Pac-12 Network, here is how um, this game went.
7: In what Lincoln is seeing, the four-wide concept. Now back to two. Roy bouncing it out. got right to the edge in a hurry. Didn't he? Wow. Mm-hmm. Inside the 20. And turn it. around and throw to the slot yeah. right now. Williams, a nope. bootleg He's action, going for the
1: pylon. He's got it. It's touchdown. Pin mm. <laughs> USC back inside their twenty. Oh, All the balls out. on the ground. No, this an and Arizona
8: State's got it.
1: It's Tate Romney, number twenty-four. That oh. was just a. All right, we have an ISO up at the top of your screen. Keep an eye out. Third down 10. Nice nope. job. Nice work. Scadaboo! Scatter's in! Touchdown! Arizona State! Fourth and seven. Off the edge. Pressure going deep. Long for Rice. Got him. Touchdown! Lloyd, nice job. bouncing it outside. Look at him go. Marshawn Lloyd finally wrestled out in about the two. Everything but the jump. Yep. Williams is going to keep it. Burrow in. Touchdown.
2: The,
7: the second rushing touchdown. Well, different ways, and uh, they tried to give it to him on an inside handoff, and now he's going to r- little run option. On fourth down. On him. fourth down. Hello! How do you do? Elijah Badger. Who
1: back in at quarterback now? Swiss Army Knife action. Look out! Look out! Good convergence by that secondary. He's down at the 25. Kenny Dillingham. Just a shorter version of Taysom Hill. That's what I'm seeing in him tonight. Play fake. Going the fade.
7: Possessed the ball at the half. There was only about 48 seconds separating time to possession. Let's see if they can continue that trend. They'll start in the air. Couple of receivers there. It's caught. It's
1: Elijah and the Badger. <laughs> Pine. Inside lost game. It. That ball is loose and
9: it's a free ball. USC's got it.
10: Williams. Plenty of
1: time. Now he's running out. Wow. Now he sees Greengrass in the corner. Busted coverage. Touchdown. Eight
10: and change remaining.
1: Gotta convert it. Nice. scataboo's the answer. He's the answer. Look at him go. Wow. can. Scadacan. a Scadac Touchdown.
3: So he appeared to be okay when he got to the sidelines.
1: A little slot blitz. Pressure. Plenty of time for Williams setting up shop looking long
10: got
7: his man. It's Washington. It's touchdown. <laughs> That's a hard earned win from Lincoln Riley's fans Yep, he definitely earned it. It was a tough situation much tougher than the average man out there pre- really appreciates. Marshawn Lloyd,
1: a very quiet 14 carries for 154, averaged 11 per tote. Williams with five total touchdowns three in the air, two on the ground.
0: Uh, you know, I would uh, definitely agree that they they earned that win, and it was a hard-fought win for uh, USC. Even though you know the score doesn't say it, like I said, it was it was a six-point game at the end of the third, um, and uh, you know ASU answered and uh, to start the fourth. Unfortunately, like I said, coughed up the ball, and um, you know they have. Uh, um, you know, they, they, they have, uh, um, Caleb Williams, you know, it's, it's hard to do anything, um, with, uh, with that, um, issue. It uh, will, uh, hit the road and face Cal at one and three and Cal is two and two. So, um, definitely trying to look for a win, but, uh, Vegas says, uh, Cal will win this, uh. This game, unfortunately. Uh, here is Kenny Dillingham following the 42-28 loss to uh, fifth-ranked USC.
11: Approach and what you guys are trying to do.
0: Yeah,
9: we're trying to attack. Bottom line, trying to attack. And uh, you have to play this game attacking. If you want to beat teams like that, if you want to beat offensive coaches like Lincoln Riley and offensive quarterbacks, like uh, Caleb Williams, you have to attack and you can't play the game scared. So we said we wanted to call every shot that we had in the game. And uh, I probably called about three too many there in the second half on first downs when it's a six-point game that I'd like to have back.
11: And what did you see as the biggest differences that led to a loss?
9: Yeah, led to the loss? Yeah, I would say the turnovers offensively and uh, struggling protecting the quarterback. And that starts with me. Uh, understanding being more timely with some calls in order to protect our O line. I mean, those are some that that D line is is a really, 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 really good D line. Coach Grinch does a lot of really good things schematically, moving them and uh, making those guys pass protect even in seven man pro. Uh, you know, we're not there yet. And I got to do a better job of protecting our guys on those early downs, so we don't get behind the chains. That was the tale of the two halves. First half, we were ahead of the chains. Second half's first downs were aggressive calls that we were getting sacked on. We got to throw the ball away or not call those calls, so we can stay ahead of the chains and stay in a rhythm.
5: Coach Scott Sandui, Devils Digest. Uh, with this being your first matchup as a head coach against a top five team such as USC. Were you looking kind of for anything from USC to kind of as a on a program standpoint that you could try to instill here that makes them so successful that you could put here?
9: Winning. No, I mean, we're going to run our pro every job is different. Every place is different. We're going to run this program. Uh, You know, I'm from here. Uh, I'll say this on that topic. This was activating the valley. Like this environment is activating the valley the sold out crowd loud third and 20 the first drive with two penalties like that was just as much important that was just as important to winning this game than anything I've done to my that I've done in, in my meeting rooms and my players because they go out there and they know it cares and they feed off the energy and there's actually a competitive advantage when we have everybody in the stands it's an advantage so to see all the fans in the stands like that to see the valley like that That's what we need every game. And if we get that every game, you're going to get the play that you guys want every game, or at least I hope.
5: Michelle Michelle Gardner, Arizona Republic. Coach, obviously you hung with the number five team in the country for most of the game. What are the biggest positives you can draw from this?
9: Yeah, I think our guys realize we have the ability. So the belief factor that they know that we can go out there and win football games. You know, it doesn't matter how we start. Like, what's, what's the record matter this year anyways? It doesn't. The only thing that should matter is just getting better. And we go on the road next week at Cal and let's do everything we can to win a football game. Let's prepare more than we've ever prepared. So the positives, I would say, I think our brotherhood is growing. I think players are feeding off each other more. I think they're be- the belief in the vision is still rising. The belief in the process is still rising. And those are the things that excite me.
5: Coach Jordan, Hampsworth, 360 AZ.
0: I wonder, and this might be me reading into it a little bit too much, but I wonder if that was kind of a shot over the bow at, at uh, you know, uh, ASU leadership that, that he said record doesn't really matter at this point anymore. And, and, and you know, you're, you're, you're one in three. And I don't know if that, that's why he says it doesn't matter or, hey, we can't go to a bowl game anyway, you know. Um, and so what matters to him is, did we fight? Are we getting better? Um, and, and, and I think for uh, Kenny Dillingham, it, it, it's always the point to win. But I wonder if he, he's kind of settling in, hey, now from here on out, can we get better? Can we still fight? can there be something to be learned since we you know it doesn't matter what our records going to be even if it's the you know a winning record we can't go to a bowl game i, I you know i he's not saying that but i wonder if he's kind of hinting to that if 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 that that is frustrating him some and i you know like i said that might be me reading into it
8: were there any adjustments you needed to make calling an offense but from the field level versus up, up above?
9: Uh, to be honest, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, Coach Baldwin did a phenomenal job communicating. Our entire staff did a phenomenal job communicating throughout the game. What we were seeing, I'd say the hardest thing is more seeing like the line twists and the stunts internally uh, in terms of how they're trying to stop the run game with ET games or nuts, the nut games, what they call them. I'm getting too detailed. We're good. Yeah.
2: Kenny, coming off last week's games, um, kids these age can be unpredictable. When did you first see this past week, when did you first feel that that they were going to bounce back and put uh, put forth an effort that that they did tonight?
9: The locker room after Fresno State. Our guys are going to compete. Like, if they're going to compete, they're going to compete, they're going to compete, and they're going to go to work to get better every single day. Uh, if there's I can't always guarantee you the perfect call. I can't always guarantee you a lot of things. I can guarantee you our guys are going to go to work and our guys are going to play with passion.
11: What, what was it in the locker room that you saw after the game?
9: The eyes. When you look at people's eyes and they don't like that feeling, you can feel that they want to do something about it and create change. And then you show up on mon- Monday and – you have the entire offense in the, in the uh, team meeting room 10 minutes early. You're like, okay, well, something's changed offensively. So now we just got to play a complete game. And if we play a complete football game, we're going to be a pretty good football team.
12: Here with Jake. Hey, Kenny, Jixi, more source. Uh, you mentioned some of those aggressive plays and maybe in the second half going like, three plays too far with it. How do you kind of toe the line between being aggressive but maybe not going those extra steps too
9: far? Yeah, you just got to get a feel for your guys. I would say that's the balance is uh, – The more aggressive you can be, the better. But you have to get a a feel for how are your guys holding up. And uh, I should have known with our depth at the O-line that throughout the game, right, that there's going to be a little bit more rush as a game progresses because they're rolling, you know, 10 deep on the D-line. And we got seven guys, eight guys rolling right now on the O-line, so it was one of those scenarios where I should have known and had a better feel for kind of where our guys were and not put them in those situations. Michael. Coach,
13: Michael Carcino, Pitchfork's uh, Lunch. When you uh, defensively, I know all week you said about you know obviously tough to slow down Caleb Williams. But overall, I mean, especially in the first half, even going into the second, I know he made some plays. But how do you feel their performance was keeping them in the pocket and making them at least make tougher throws?
9: Yeah, I thought our defense did a, a solid job. I think there's a lot of things that they did I mean, they have a great offensive scheme. They have a great quarterback that's really hard, and they check almost every play at the line of scrimmage. And they do it really quickly, and they're all on the same page. So it's really, really hard to stop what they do when you combine the talent with good scheme. I think our guys, uh, there's some things that we can do better. You know, it was our worst Wednesday practice on defense, right? And that showed up Wednesday's third down day and it was our worst Wednesday, and then all of a sudden it shows up that a third and 20, they can burn. Why? We get out of our rush lane. We bring a twist game and we don't loop, okay? So there's a lot of things that we have to watch the tape and can't just say, oh, that's Caleb Williams. We have to say, okay, what can we do better to grow? What can we do better? And that's a sign of a, of a good football team is you go back to work on Monday, and you don't look at your good plays, you look at the plays that you can improve upon, and that's including myself, that's the coaches, that's the play callers, that's everybody involved, has to go back and look at themselves and say, what can I do better? A more questions back here, and then can
14: you this to Chris? Mark? Joseph Igo, State Press, Kenny. Um, obviously, packed house, tough
2: opponent, intense game. Uh, what did you learn about your guys' ability to play in intense moments tonight?
9: Yeah, it's not too big for them. Uh, it's not too big for them. They want these moments. You come to ASU to play in these moments, and every kid comes to co- co- goes to a college, and a lot of their decision is the environment, to be honest. The environment we create is going to not only affect wins, it's going to affect recruiting. And that environment today, <laughs> that environment today, I challenge people to bring that, because that was an environment, that was an environment you can win at a high level in, that was an environment that our kids deserve. That was an environment our fans deserve because it's fun. It's fun to be in that environment. And we're going to keep getting better as a football team. And uh, let's keep getting that turnout because that was a really good environment and credit to the fans. Man, I, I couldn't, couldn't be happier with the turnout. And thank you.
11: Kenny, um, you didn't have uh, your O-line coach Saga uh, tonight. Uh, is there an update on him? Um, what did you have to do to adjust to that? And how did it go?
9: Yeah, uh yeah, unfortunately he wasn't with us. Uh no real update right now. We're just waiting uh for his situation and uh the no real update there. So and what we had to do to adjust, you know, Matt Christensen did a great job coming in there and helping the O line, communicating and, and uh throughout the week I kinda popped in there a little bit uh in order to coach some of those. I don't know the fundamentals but I know the scheme behind it. So
4: Kenny, Nick King from 3 tv cbs 5 Cam, one of the first things he said was that the sideline felt like a family in a way it didn't the first three games. You're talking about the brotherhood, the belief in the vision is growing. Was that quickened by the way last week went, or did something in particular happen in practice this week, do you think?
9: No, I think it's just time. You know, adversity either tears you apart or brings you together. So, I think those are the two choices you have. Adversity either makes you quit or makes you work harder. So, I think our guys right now are treating this adversity and coming together and treating this adversity and working harder. And uh, that's the sign of the direction that we want to go as a program. And I say this a lot. I sat in this exact same seat four years ago just calling the plays, not as a head coach. I've seen this process. I've seen it. And we're on the same trajectory. We're working, our brotherhood, the way our kids talk about each other, the way our kids work. Uh, we're working to get there. Else? All
15: right. Thank. You, you had a question. One hey, uh, hey, Coach uh, Hi. One
11: more. Grab the mic. Oh, okay. Perfect. Uh, my name is Ken Vito, Inferno <laughs>
16: Intel. So, obviously, you have to face the uh, last year's Heisman, Caleb Williams but how does
11: that necessarily prepare you for
16: the following, le- uh, following weeks? Like uh, your former team, Oregon, who has Bo Nix, Schroeder Sanders from Colorado, how
11: does that prepare you facing such an elite quarterback so quickly?
9: Yeah, this league is, you know, on to the next elite quarterback in this league. I mean, you, Phoenix, right? Kid Down South's good, right? I mean, there's a lot of good quarterbacks right now in this league. This is arguably the best league in college football right now. So we've got our work cut out for us. We've got to go back to work on Monday. We've got to do, like I tell the kids every week, what are you doing more than you did last week? So we've got to do more this week than we did last week. We've got to go back to work, and we've got to come out versus Cal on the road and put our best effort out there.
2: Yeah, Coach, uh, Jack Church. I'm with the k Radio Network. Uh, you know, coaches hate the term, Moral victory. This was still a loss. What's your message to the team? Was it a moral victory?
9: No. I told the team, uh, losing it does never feel good. If you walked into this room right now, and you have an ounce of feel good, you've got this is not the play, like that's not what we're about at all, in any way, shape. That will never be what we're about. But we got better. So the win and loss put aside. Look at our own game. Did we improve? yes we improved in some areas did we not improve in other areas yes got to get better in those so you should never get comfortable or never be happy with losing a football game but what can you grow from what can you learn from and what can you take away away from it is a completely separate conversation and we played one of the best coaches in college football one of the best quarterbacks in college football and uh, we were in it and um, i really think You know, I could have done a few things better for our players, helped our players a little bit more to give them a better chance. And I'm going to do everything I can moving forward to try to put our players in a better situation next week than I did this week because that's my job.
0: All right, there you have it. Um, Obviously, the the biggest message is, of course, yeah, we got better, we lost, there is no more victory, Um, but we're fired up. That the fans showed up and showed out, and we need more. And uh, you know, I if you uh, if you live in the valley and you went, I I applaud you um, for for going and supporting uh, this uh, great group of uh, of guys and these players. They've they've been given a uh, a bad hand uh, because of the ball ban and you know from the sins of the previous regime. And so I completely understand if you, you don't want to go and because going means supporting, uh, Michael Crow and supporting Ray Anderson. Uh, but on the flip side, this group had nothing to do with that. And, and I think they deserve the support. So I think you, uh, who have, uh, you know, tuned in you who have gone to the game and I hope you continue to, to do so um, because that, that's huge and, and that's exactly uh, what uh, what we need. Um, let's go ahead into Kenny Dillingham um, from, uh, from yesterday.
9: I just wanna say thank you to the fans again. That atmosphere was electric, our players felt it. Uh, That's that's what college football is about. So thank you to everybody who showed up and was loud and supportive of the football team.
17: Odrobino, Devil's Digest. Uh, Kenny, looking back at uh, wearing those two hats of head coach and and play caller, um, how did you think you you balanced those two duties? And assuming it's going to happen this week, um, what kind of changes do you feel you have to make in that area?
9: Yeah, I thought our staff around me did a really good job communicating Offensively, defensively, and special teams. So, uh, credit to the, the offensive staff and their communication throughout the game. Uh, Coach Baldwin in the box, uh, Coach Samples, Coach Iguano, Coach Munns, uh, all those people just did a phenomenal job communicating what they were seeing.
11: Can, uh, Chris Carpenter, some of the Source. Kenny, um, you talked afterward about the vantage of calling plays from the field and it seemed went, went going well. When you watched the game back, any additional thoughts that you had
9: yeah I thought uh, there was a few emotional calls you know I kind of mentioned after the game and I felt it uh where I rode the wave of the emotion and I responded with an emotion not a you know a as sound of a response that I would like so I would like to have a few calls back and I'm always going to be my biggest critic so whenever I watch a game I'm looking for ways I can improve and be better and I think there were a few plays that, yeah, could they have worked? Yes, but could I have maybe put our guys in a better position based off that scenario, that situation, the game? Could I have sequenced uh, a three-play set better on a second and 11 uh, after we throw a now screen for a TFL? Yes. Like all those scenarios, I always look at, well, how can I be better? So I think taking the emotion out of it at times, uh, when we have those big moments that maybe don't go our way, Uh, Staying more poised, and that's something i got to improve on. Execution Execution was average. We're going to be better. And that's what I told our guys is we played a lot better, but there's a difference between playing better and playing good. And you can't be satisfied with just mediocre. And I felt like, yes, were we better? Were we drastically improved? Was there growth? Was there this? Yes, 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 yes. But better is nowhere to be confused with good. And we've got a long way to go to get to where I feel like the standard of an offense is. And we're going to go back to work this week uh, to fine tune some details, like I talked to the guys. Couldn't be happier with how the guys, the effort and the, the want to and the commitment to the process, I couldn't be happier. Now we've got to be able to sustain our detail throughout the game. And that's the real challenge. And uh, we got to do a better job as a staff keeping guys fresh and rotating more guys early in the game so we don't get so tired at the end of the game.
18: Luke Lynn here at 12 Sports. Kenny, a little bit, a bit of a personal question here. After a loss or a win, either or, when you go home, what is that dynamic like between you and your wife? Do you. Do you kind of disconnect and think about the game and have time for yourself? Do you talk about it? I'm just curious to give fans an inside look as to what the game is like afterwards for you after it's all said and done.
9: Oh, my wife's my hardest critic. I say I'm my hardest critic. My wife, I go home and I and I hear she's competitive as I'll Get out. She's a Sun Devil. So she's always asking, what happened on this? What happened on this? Why did you go for it? What does this? Why this? So she is my uh, toughest critic. And uh, that's what makes us work is her passion for the game. And she's passionate about the game, just like I'm passionate about the game. So uh, I go home and, it, and, it, and it's right back to work, you know from, from that perspective. And, and then usually I watch I try to watch the game either up here at night, you know two, three, four times, whatever that is, and then I go home and watch it again, uh, usually lying in bed. So it usually goes to the, the questions of the why and then uh, from the wife, and then it goes to me watching the game uh, pretty much until my body lets me sleep.
5: Michelle Gardner, Arizona Republic. Coach, you've talked about not being satisfied with moral victories, but how important was it to have a game like that where you saw improvement so your players could stay and not get too discouraged and also to keep the fan base kind of engaged that yes, we're getting better?
9: Yeah, I think there's two sides of it. I think the victory side is one conversation and the growth side is a completely different conversation. And, uh, you know, how I compartmentalize it is the victory side is how you feel Saturday night. Like You should never feel satisfied on a Saturday night if you don't win the football game. But you can still understand the growth that happened when you wake up in the morning and when you understand you got better and that you're closer to where you want to be. So I think there's a fine line between those two things. And you have to have a team that's not satisfied with, with – losing football games but that want to then make even more of a change to get better and better and better and when they can feel a little bit of their growth like you like you alluded to i think it shows more of a buy-in that maybe maybe this crazy guy yelling at us at practice you know maybe it's real maybe if we just keep working that the work does work there's no easy way in life you gotta work it's that simple nothing is built overnight you gotta work and if you want to build something that's sustainable you gotta work daily to build it. It's not just a flip. You don't just flip the switch.
5: As a follow up, this this is gonna be your first road game. How does that make this week different? Your guys are preparing to play a road game for the first time.
9: Yeah, just uh, the travel and the organization. It'll be the first time that's a travel game with me. It's the first time it's an early day game with me. So our Friday night will actually be a little bit different as well. So there's a lot of differences there. Um, obviously this coaching staff, I have the utmost respect. For Coach Wilcox, uh, I think he does a phenomenal job defensively. They're one of the most sound defenses in all the country. Uh, and they're, they, don't, they don't MA. You know, you have to physically beat this team. So we're going on the road to play a defense that's elitely sound in what they do. They don't care if you know what they're doing, because they're going to do it better than you. And they're going to make you earn everything you get. And then an offense with Coach Pavidal, who's, you know, became one of the youngest head coaches in college football because he's, you know, an elite offensive mind. Uh, I believe the last time he was at Cal, he had the number one pick in the country, a quarterback, and they're explosive. So this is a great challenge for our guys, and it's a great staff. We're going first, so it's going to be a great challenge.
8: Thank you. Hey, Coach Jordan Ham, Sports Three Hundred and Sixty AZ. Um, just wanted to see if there were any updates on any of the the injuries and potentially them coming back this week.
9: Not, not right now, to be honest. We usually get our updates, you know, later today, uh, once people, you know, go to the doctor and stuff like that, get the returns back. So as of right now, uh, no. I would expect uh, Trenton to be back. Uh, you know, Jaden's still out. And then Drew's obviously a little banged up still, and the game didn't help that. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's fun. Hey,
12: Kenny, Jake Seymour, Sun source. Uh Now they kind of had time to kind of look at the Cal game. What are some of the strengths that you kind of seen on their film? And know they like to run a little bit of a double quarterback scheme. What have you kind of just taken away from that so far?
9: Yeah, they're explosive on offense. You know, they're about the big play. You know, this guy's going to be aggressive offensively. He's not going to just – call inside zone 12 times and get three and a half yards and say, you know what? We can do this all the way down the field and take nine minutes off and go to the next play. And I think that's a testament to Coach Wilcox, who made a a change in his philosophy this year offensively. He went from a conservative mindset of playing defense, good defense, good special teams, control the ball, to really wanting to attack. And it's a testament to why Coach Wilcox has been there so long and done such a good job is he's willing to adapt and then defensively, like I said, they are super sound. They're four down quarters. That can become odd quarters. That can become odd three-week. That can become odd quarters. And they have a really good, you watch them play a game. And what I always watch is, if you watch a full game, does do the calls change on defense based off of what an offense is doing? And when you watch them coach a football game, you can see somebody may get them early, or, so, or they may get somebody early, and they are constantly throwing counter punches with their adjustments. If you think you're gonna run the one series of plays, one drive, and come back and hit it again, and they're not gonna make a change, you're delusional. Because these guys know what they're doing and they have a system in place that's been there, I believe, what, seven years now, six years now since he's been there. And they know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly how they want to stop different formations, different sets, and they're very sound doing it. So I think the aggressiveness offensively, combine it with a defense that doesn't want to give up big plays, uh, it's a really tough challenge.
2: Kenny, along those lines, I mean, what kind of response do you expect from a unit that just got 59 hung on them by Washington? I mean, Husky's going to do that to a lot of teams this year. But
9: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can look at – that game and as a reflection of them. If you watch that game and, and watch that quarterback, Phoenix from uh, UW throw the ball, I mean, he throws a delayed hitch almost underhanded on a rope uh, like it was hit by Alex Rodriguez to the field two yards outside the numbers for a gain of, eight, for a gain of eight. So I don't think that game is any reflection of the defense. Uh, go back two games, and I believe they gave up 14 points to Auburn. So this is a defense that is, limits explosive plays and is elitely sound. And if you hurt yourself, you're not going to move the football. And it's an offense that's explosive. And you saw that versus UW as well, uh, scoring the points. So they're, they're like us. They're trying to put it all together, trying to put both sides of the ball together because they've had really good defensive games, really good offensive games. Uh, and we're kind of in the same boat trying to put it all together and go in a football game.
17: So Ken, you talked about a great atmosphere and maybe getting caught up a little in the emotion. But uh, one positive, I think, that came out in that regard, that as much emotion and, and vibe there was uh, in the stadium, uh, your penalty number was was low. If anything else, USC looked more rattled in that department than you guys did. Uh, is that uh, maybe one of the positives you take away from Saturday night?
9: Yeah, that's been. Uh, other than the second half uh, in Week One, we've been a fairly disciplined team. You know, we haven't committed many penalties. Uh, Most of them are aggressive penalties, knock on wood. Uh, You know, we haven't jumped off sides very many times. Now we haven't played on the road yet, so maybe that's a, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, We haven't jumped off sides on defense. We haven't had many stupid personal foul penalties. Like, we've been playing a brand of football that uh, can win from that standpoint. We just got to elevate our details, and uh, we can't take plays off when we get tired. We got to just get ourselves out of the game.
18: Kenny, you've always mentioned you want this team to try to replicate the intensity or the physicality uh, for like the team from Utah. And what do you think you've seen from your team since camp until this point? Do you feel like the physicality has improved and everything you were hoping to see from them?
9: Yeah, I think you're never satisfied. Do I think there's been growth from spring ball from a physicality standpoint to now? Yes. Unfortunately, we've been banged up, so we haven't been able to build upon that. You know, I would have loved to use, you know, throughout this season. You know, I'm used to lining up good on good and doing a team run period and calling an inside zone out. And I'm used to lining up and doing two minutes together and lining up and do some things together. And uh, so I, I think our guys are buying into that. To say we're where I want to be at is, is not accurate. Uh, we're building there. And I think the next step is perimeter. Uh, And then late in games, can we keep that focus on physicality? And are we conditioned enough to play that hard, that long? Because that's hard. People don't realize it's not the running that always fatigues you. It's pushing on people. It's playing hard. It's like wrestling somebody for 60 minutes. And you've got to be conditioned to do that. And that takes time. Hey coach, Will (laughs) Rice, Arizona Sports.
2: Uh, Can you kind of just talk about the you know the adversity the quarterback room has gone through specifically drew pine? I mean there's been four quarterbacks in and he missed the start of the season got nicked up against uh, Fresno State and then his first full game of the year was against you know number five team in USC. So can you kind of just talk through the adversity of that entire room together?
9: Yeah, I mean it's been it's been a fun one from for that perspective. I mean the one thing I can say about that room is uh, regardless of who's taking the field everybody else has shown support. And that's really what you're looking for, is you're looking for when you're not the guy, when your number's not called, how are you going to respond? And how are you going to act to your teammates? Do you say that you're in it for the team? And then when it's not your number, you know, does does that mindset change? Or do you actually mean it? So I think that's the biggest thing that I've been pleased with so far with that room is whoever's taking the field has had the support of the other guys in the room. And those other guys in the room have helped them and backed them.
8: Hey coach, just going back to Jake Spavadal, do you have a relationship with him at all or you know, I know you guys haven't necessarily crossed paths. But...
9: I've, I've never met him. Yeah. Um, the only relationship I have is watching his tape. I used to love his motion stuff that he would do when he was at West Virginia. I thought he did some good stuff with some, some quick motions.
8: Just being a guy that has gone down a similar path that you have, is, how closely did you study his path and what what he's doing as an offensive mind.
9: Yeah, I mean, I study anybody I think that does a good job, and I think he does a good job. I think he was uh, one of the first people, along with Lincoln Riley, we just played to take the air raid uh, and really add more elements of the running game to it and really bring people in the box a little bit more. So he took those air raid principles uh, and really added a little bit more run game, and he was – He was part of that tree with Dana Holgerson and and Lincoln Riley a little bit. They weren't connected, but he was one of that tree that kind of did that earlier. It's very common now, but so it was definitely something I studied because I've never been a part of the air raid. So that was something I tried to just pick up on why they were doing things.
11: Yeah, Kenny, just going on the road for, for the first time with the team and all of the logistics and challenges and focusing issues. Are there any certain uh, strategies that you have related to that, or things that you're really focusing on?
9: No. I mean, I I don't know if there's a perfect way to do something right the first time. So regardless of how well I tell them, we're going to be here at this time, and there at this time, or we're going to move to this meeting room and that meeting room, we're going to do this meeting Friday night instead, there's still going to be differences than how we operate right now. So I think the key is just none of that matters. None of that stuff matters. Show up to the meetings. Be on time. Don't worry about when we board the plane. Pack your shoes, right? Get ready to, to meet. Eat your breakfast, and let's go play football. And I think that's the biggest thing is all that stuff and the routine stuff is, is great. And uh, it's, it's easy if I could say, oh, it's our first road game. Great challenge to face all these changes, and they've never practiced how we practice on a road game. It's football. Go play football. Prepare like you're playing football. Everybody's playing a road game, except for the two freshmen. We're, it's going to be very similar. Let's go play football.
5: No,
17: for title, Son of a Source. Hey, Kenny, um, regarding how the ground game worked out this past weekend, um, with all the injuries along the offensive line, how encouraging was it to see Cameron Scadable have the game that he had um, and really get some traction
13: in that aspect of the offense?
9: Yeah, I thought our offensive line did a really nice job with the movements. I mean, that defensive line is good, very good. They have multiple NFL players on that defensive line that were added to their team this year, this offseason from really, really good programs. I mean. Anthony Lucas was in the rotation at Texas A&M as a true freshman I mean, in the SEC and then you I mean you have Bear Alexander who was gonna start for one of the national championship teams so you have really good players you're going versus. and our guys handled it well uh, you know at times we were a little too passive and uh, we tried to die slowly instead of win and that came back to bite us but it's a good learning experience for the guys but I was super impressed by our offensive line and how Cam ran uh, he ran his He's ran his heart out and ran with a passion. Ran with a great pad level. Uh, he ran with better tracks. You know, he, he ran downhill instead of bouncing everything. You know, early in the season he jumped. He liked to jump cut a lot. And I think that's his adapt, him adapting to this level. Is he used to also be one of the best athletes on the field? one of the fastest guys, and he was used to just use out-athleting, out-strengthening people, and I think this was the first game he really trusted his tracks, stay tight on double teams, and you saw him be able to then run off double teams and keep a pad level, and uh, it was really good to see his growth and to see our offensive line's growth.
0: All right. Uh, that is everything Kenny Dillingham, everything ASU. Obviously, you know, the big takeaway is exactly what I said, um, that he's thrilled with the fans. So the hope is that they keep it up, um, we keep it up, and continue to support support, support these guys. Um, last thing but not least, we'll uh, talk about some Cardinals and the Cardinals win over the Dallas Cowboys, that's up next on Big Sky Sports Talk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're just a gift that keeps on giving, you know. That's just a gift! That's just a gift that keeps on giving! I keep trying to tell y'all! You don't wanna listen! Cowboys best team in the NFL! Cowboys best team in the NFL! I'm telling you Steven, Cowboys the best team in the NFL! They didn't even lose to an Eagle. They lost to a Cardinal. (laughs) They said
0: I never get tired of those from Stephen A. Smith. Um, I f- decided to find that on the fly. Uh, ben B e k i e n, be kind. Uh, I don't know. It's the his YouTube page. That's who I ripped that off of uh, of uh, Stephen A. Smith. Um, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I never get too tired of uh, hearing um stephen a smith uh rip uh the uh um the cowboys uh, you know being a him being a giants fan that that's has a lot to do with it uh cardinals get their first win i've i give them three on the season this was not one of them <laughs> so maybe they might get four who knows uh, they are one and two um on the uh the season however the one one that they lost was kind of my 50-50 against the uh um commanders but anyway anyway um 28 to 16 was the uh was the final Josh Dobbs gets his first career win as a NFL quarterback 17 of 21 189 yards and a touchdown James Conner 14 carries 98 yards and a touchdown and uh Mike Uh, Wilson or Michael Wilson rather two receptions 86 yards Dak Prescott 25 of 40 249 yards one touchdown one interception Uh, Tony Pollard 23 carries 122 yards and Michael Gallup six receptions 92 yards Uh, Cardinals were uh, 20 first downs eight passing eight rushing and four from penalties five of ten on third down Uh, Dallas 26 first downs, 11 passing 12, uh, from rushing three from penalties, nine of 16 on third down and zero of one on fourth down 53 total plays for the Cardinals for 400 yards, uh, nine drives, 7.5 yards per play. Uh, the Cowboys 75 total plays for 416 yards, eight drives, 5.5 yards per play and, uh, Of those uh, for Dallas, two hundred thirteen yards passing for five point five yards per pass, um, one interception. Cardinals had one hundred seventy eight yards passing for seven point seven yards per pass, no touch or no interceptions. Excuse me, two sacks for eleven yards loss uh, for the Cardinals. Two for eighteen for. Uh, The Cowboys, 222 yards rushing for the Cardinals on 30 attempts, 7.4 yards per rush. Uh, 185 yards rushing for 33 attempts, 5.6 yards per rush for the Cowboys. Um, The Cardinals were perfect at the red zone, 2 of 2. And uh, the Cowboys were 1 of 5 for the red zone. Penalties, 8. Uh, for 69 yards for the Cardinals, 13 for 107. Ouch. Uh, for the Cowboys, uh, time of possession for the Cardinals, 25 minutes, 27 seconds. Um, and the Cowboys, 34 minutes and 33 seconds. Here is the, um, let's see where it is. Uh, here is how the game went down.
19: That's the big challenge is if you spend too much time worrying about Micah Parsons, they've got other good players to hurt you. Here's Dobbs with room to the edge, and Joshua Dobbs
6: gallops down the sideline, makes the cut inside the 30. 43 yards for Joshua Dobbs. And so Matt Prater from 39 yards finishes off the Cardinals opening drive with a field goal. 22 yards on that penalty, Cowboys territory in the 43. First down run for Connor, who's got a seam. James Connor inside the 25. Rips off 20 yards before Malik Hooker brings him down. Just outside of the five. It is Connor. Short side of the field.
1: Blocker ahead.
6: End zone ahead and a touchdown. James Connor with a key block from
19: Paris Johnson. Way to neutralize the impact that Micah Parsons has is to run right at him. And and that's From
6: the 40, on the bootleg, he's in trouble, and he's sacks. That is Zavin Collins, the former first-round pick who's moved from inside linebacker to edge rusher and seems to be fitting in just well there. So again, three offensive linemen out today. That's the second sack of this drive. So they get rid of it quickly to Michael Gallup, who slips a tackle and gets it all back and then some. Hooting from 55, who so has got the range. And he shows it off here, right down the middle, to get the Cowboys on the board. Really starting to concentrate on his route running. He's got it again here, out of the backfield, and explodes up the middle! Rondell Moore! Touchdown, Arizona! They line the receiver up in the
19: backfield,
6: and he gallops 45
19: yards for the Cardinal touchdown! This is a great job by Tristan Colen on the block. He's the one that climbs to the second level and gets Marquise Bell. And there's a huge root, ru- a huge void for Rondell Moore to run through. You, you've got to get that alert. Hey, it's not James Connor. It's not six. It's number four, and he's got breakaway speed in the backfield. What a nice change of pace that is
6: from Connor. The big bruising back. He stick this jitterbug in there, and he explodes through the middle. They're going to go for two. Lamb to the slot at the bottom. Screen, Dowdle, Rico Dowdle cuts it back into the end zone for the Dallas touchdown.
19: This is the same. Look how much green grass is out there for Rico Dowdle on this screen pass. T.J. Right, Bass is going outfield trying to find somebody to block. About
6: five yards per rush so far this season. Opening things up for James Conner here. All the way to midfield. Connor gets loose for 26 over the left side of that offensive line. Yeah, and he's got this one, too. What a luxury to have a kicker as reliable. Super long distance to finish off the first half. See if Prater's still got it in him from 62, a line drive. shot from 62 yards. Cardinals have scored on all five possessions. On third down, Prescott off his back foot. lofting for Lamb! He's got it! This time beating Clark. First time Lamb's gotten free. He does so for 32. Try to write a different second half story this week. They blew a 20 to nothing lead last week. Prescott's first read was taken away. Able to slip a man, keep it alive. Prescott cuts it back. That Prescott, he's got a first down. Almost got sacked. Instead, turned it around and got a gain. It's essentially an extra point here, but it counts for three as he hooks it inside the upright. And the Cowboys within
19: a touchdown. On Dennis Gardak, and that is a 61 yard penalty. Michael Gallup climbs the ladder against Moore and they get a chunk of it back right here. Now with Kechar Clark and they're starting to have a little bit of success. Here
6: From the Arizona 42 it is Pollard again with a head of steam. He hops through. He stays on his feet and Pollard's down the sideline. All the way inside the 15. They mark him at the 10. who has now hit his last 15 after the missed extra point to open his career. Arizona from the 24-yard line. Joshua Dobbs sets the shoulder, steps into the throw, and blown coverage! Michael Wilson, one man to beat, swerving around him, inside the 10! First down and goal for the Cardinals. The rookie's biggest play in the NFL goes for 59. Third down and goal, fake to Connor, Dobbs retreats and floats for the end zone, it's Brown, it's a touchdown!
19: They got beat on the release right there, Stephon Gilmore stepped late and you've got a lot of quickness with Hollywood Brown, so That was one right off the line of scrimmage with his release down inside, just late reacting. Trying to punch this in on this drive. Time is going to become their chief opponent here pretty soon. Two chances to get it in here. Prescott looking in zone. That one's picked off. It's
6: Kaiser White. James Conner falls just shy of 100 yards. 98 to the Arizona running back. Joshua Dobbs throws for 189 on an efficient day. And the Cardinals beat the Cowboys 28-16
0: good stuff there um obviously i'm i'm excited uh that they won and uh let's see uh here is let me find where i'm looking uh oh here we go um obviously a lot of uh a lot of key contributors uh kaiser white that the interception in the end zone sealed it um Marquise Brown, his touchdown. Um, Michael Wilson, who we'll hear about later. He, you know, big uh, contribution from him. Paris Johnson had some key blocks. Um, Keicho Clark, uh, great coverage. Um, You know, Josh Dobbs' first win. So a lot to celebrate, Um, and uh, including, and we'll hear uh, um, Jonathan Gannon's first win, and he uh, had a um uh, a water bath not Gatorade the Gatorade was not in that uh uh Gatorade jug it was indeed water and uh obviously you know it, JG not uh um you know not uh, all not, not necessarily about him but it's always about the players
14: I think uh, the injuries we had uh got poked in the eye it didn't look too bad as I just walked in here, and then uh, Chris had a hand Barnes. What's your uh, just overall takeaway
9: after what he gave them?
14: You know, they they fought and they played hard, and it's what we've been doing for two weeks. I told them right there the, the difference of the game was we didn't beat ourselves, and we made some plays. You know, execution was was good there. Um, obviously a lot of things to clean up but some guys stepped up made some big time plays but we didn't beat ourselves and we made the plays that we needed to make
19: get your first career
14: away? I yeah. mean you know hopefully one of many but back to the drawing board tomorrow.
2: Anything tangible Jonathan you maybe learned from the first couple
3: of weeks that you applied to, to
14: help yeah you understand? know when you know each game you talk to the coaches and the players about what things we got to improve on. Um, I thought that the defense, um, you know, because I think they scored coming out of half. Uh, I don't know exactly the, the time frame or whatever, but then, uh, you know, we had some red zone stops, you know what I mean? And, and like I said, I'm over it now, but how we lost the game week two, you can't do that. And we, our guys understood, hey, we have to play cleaner. And even if they go down the field, they can't go down the field fast. So that was a point of emphasis for our guys. And they competed and made plays.
18: How
11: about
18: the, speaking of making plays, the, that touchdown drive and play to, down the field to Michael Wilson? Yeah, I
14: mean, it's something that they practiced for a couple of weeks now, and they Drew called it at the right time, and the execution was there, the protection was there. Josh threw a, a good ball, and Mike, you know, had some yards after catch there. A huge play to get us going, and, and I think that led to a score, right? So, yeah, huge point in the game, and it was a really good play call there.
13: Offensive line and the blocking overall. Obviously, they have a very good defense, a yeah, very good front seven, and you guys had over 200 rushing yards. Yeah. we popped some explosives. I think we won. you know the
14: takeaway battle was even. The explosive play battle we won today. Off the top of my head, um, Rondell, you know James. That was those are some good hard fought runs. That's a good defense, a really good defense. Um, so obviously the O line, you know, making it go. But uh, you know execution of the plan was critical, and that's what they did. He had a, play he had a lot of
7: look. See the of yeah. play calling there by Drew.
14: I don't know. I watched the tape. Yeah, I thought he called a good game. Petrelli had a lot of looks tonight. Yeah. Um, what do you think of his? Yeah, he hung in there. I mean, that's you know, he's psychologically prepped for being a corner in the NFL. The ball going to come to you, and when they make plays, because they're going to make plays, you got to come back and fight and battle. I thought he did a good job of battling. It'll be a good learning experience for him today. You know, being one on one all day long. Um, you know, because we're you know. Doing some things with the coverage, but he did a good job.
11: Kaiser had a big day: 14 tackles,
16: interception. What does he meant to this
14: defense? I mean, he's a captain for a reason. You know, he wears a green dot. He keeps those guys composed, even when it don't look like it's going good. But what I'm proud of, not just. Kaiser is really all the captains and the entire team is the fight. You know, you got to keep punching. It's a heavyweight battle. You got to keep fighting and, you know, you're going to take some shots, but you got to give your shots back too. So he, um, I liked his demeanor all day. Uh, I really liked his week of practice. And uh, obviously the production was there.
13: What was going through your mind when he made the pick in the end zone?
14: We got to run out the clock. Surprise, the uh, the water, the Gatorade, or whatever they gave yeah, you. Yeah, I, mean, I mean that's uh, they wanted to do that. I'm not a fan, honestly.
10: How about how
20: Josh has grown every week. It seems yeah, like more... I
14: mean, I think I mean he's he's threw some good throws in there today. I mean, versus tight man-to-man coverage, you know, versus they close up windows fast with the rush barreling down on them. I mean, he's playing good football right now. He's playing wing football for us.
15: Did you see in terms of being able to make stops on defense this game, or maybe in the second half of the last game there were? I right think
14: on? just the the week of practice and being on the details of what the calls are and what they're intended to do. And um, you know, again, we get we had some guys step up and make some plays. So it's kind of the NFL how it goes. You got to stop from losing first, and then when you stop from losing, then it's okay. Let's see who can make more plays, win a game, and that's
12: what we did. Trying run out the clock. How good did the field? That push play.
14: Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did, It's good execution by because they were kind of jamming the front there, but they did a good job with it.
17: It seems like you've had no issue getting buy-in from the locker room. But how much more of a validating is all the lessons and foundation to be backed by a win?
14: You know, honestly, I don't. I don't think wins and losses validate what you're doing on a daily basis. Um, obviously, it's a production business, so you got to win games. But um, that team has been bought in. Um, Since, you know, with their head held high, losing on the road week one, um, you know, a game that we felt like we should have won. Week two, a game that we felt like we should have won. They kept their chin up and went back to work. And that's what we got to do this week because we got a good football team going to San Francisco. How
2: excited were you to, to see the process pay off and the results pay off for Drew and Nick? and their Yeah, players? I
14: mean, those guys are, you know, they're they're good coaches, man. And and it's not just those two, Jeff Rogers and the whole staff. I mean, the collaboration on the headset throughout the week, you know, fully being bought in to coaching the details of their guys, improving their guys. I, I saw some jumps out there. It would be interesting to watch the tape, but... I'm concerned about. Hey, is this guy getting better with this one thing? With this one thing? Because if they get better at those things, then we'll collectively be a better team. So, but that doesn't stop when you win or lose. You got to keep doing that all the time.
10: How nice is it to have a physical kicker you can trust? Yeah. yeah that was,
14: what? What was that? Whew. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we. You know, it was awesome by Jeff and Drew because we said when we got the ball back, it was like, hey, here's the line. And you can call two minute kind of creatively or do different things. I thought Drew did a good job to get it there, um, and then obviously he's you know premier to bang that one through. I mean it probably would have been good from sixty five. Those
12: missed two point conversions. Couldn't
14: no, uh, the game, the, how the game kind of unfolded where it was. You know they had the penalties, so we went for it, and that's not all the time. But felt good about the play. They stopped it, and then we tried to get the points back, and they stopped it again. And then you got the field goal. That kind of Gave us the points back. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I felt good about the calls and hats off to Dallas to executed. But um, you know, our guys know we're gonna be aggressive and try to win a game. So we're not playing for ties. We wanna win a game.
12: We've seen Rondell line up the running back before a little bit,
14: but when did kind of that kind of concept come about? OTAs. Well,
0: I and I like that. I really like that call to have Rondell Moore, you know. As as a running back, I mean, it's similar to what Cliff Kingsbury was trying to do with Rondell, but he was having him run (laughs) uh, left and right um, horizontally um, and not vertically. And when as a running back, the goal is to often run straight. You know, you might run slightly diagonal at first, but your goal is to go forward. Cliff Kingsbury always made Rondell go sideways and never made any sense. So I like that with uh, Rondell Moore. Um and I uh, w- you know, I have uh, Rondell Moore on my uh on my bench. I might start uh, moving him in. But anyway, um for fantasy. Uh let's go ahead and to uh Josh Dobbs. First uh, NFL win.
21: How about them cards? That was awesome. That was awesome. Game ball? Game ball, yeah. I had to take it um, home. Pretty cool full circle moment. Uh, first start, obviously, was against the Cowboys. So first dub against the Cowboys. Um, so, yeah, it was a good good feeling. Um, really great fight by the team. Uh, great finish. You know, we talked about last week, like what can we improve on. You know, played a really good three quarters, but we need to finish. And we played a really good football team out there, but we did a great job finishing in the fourth quarter, quarter on both sides of the ball. Um, so yeah, it was a great win. It feels great. Um, and now just look for room for improvement, pushing forward. How Was Wilson's catch? If the theme was finishing, in yeah, it was huge. It was huge. You know, um, we had two drives in the third quarter. We had a big third down to change field position, but. Um, weren't able to score points. So to come out on first down, uh, Mike ran a great while getting open on the backside to be able to find him down the field. And then the run after catch, get the ball all the way inside the 10. It was huge, huge for momentum. Um, and then as an offense, then to go out, put the ball in the end zone was big. Make it a two-possession game right make it difficult for them now they're against the clock um so that was really good um what i really enjoyed though was the four-minute offense at the end of the game you know we talked about finish right play against a really good front and we were able to get some first downs running the ball you know finish in victory formation it's very hard to do in the nfl um, so it was a great feeling offense Josh, what about beating your GM at the tunnel right there and seeing how
15: fired up he was that was great
21: that was great you know he um last week came in, he said we took a step from week one to week two. He said, let's take another step from week two to week three, um, which we did. So, um, yeah, it was a great, great feeling. You know, we put, as I said last week, we put in um, a lot of hours, hard work, um, front office, coaches, players, right? So um, it feels good when you win. You got to enjoy them um, because they're difficult to come by in the NFL. Um, so we'll enjoy it, but we're right back to work tomorrow. Um, snap and clear, get on to the next game. How do
20: you feel about like so, your growth week by week? Like you. you, you made some big throws, say in the 44-yard run, the second play of the game. Like, seems like you're getting better and better in this offense. I, mean, I, 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 I feel don't. really
21: good. You know, as I said, um, you know, coming here on sh- obviously short notice. We all talk about the situation, right? Um, and then not playing much in the preseason in Cleveland. Um, so to come here and quickly get adjusted to a new team, similar terminology, but di- new people, um, get on the rhythm and timing. Um, it's been it's been great to make that adjustment and been great to show that growth. Um, you know, I feel more comfortable each and every day. I know the team does as well. So it's really good. Like, we had a lot of big plays, you know, third down conversions in the first half to keep the momentum on our, our side, right? We go down, um, we set predator up for a 62-yard field goal um, to end the half. Like, little things like that that sometimes may go unnoticed in the box score are huge, Um, as an offense, just to continuously be moving the balls forward. You know, we had, what, four four or five drives in the first half. We scored points on every single drive. Like, stuff like that is huge. Um, And so we'll continue to uh, find ways to grow off those moments, right? You know, we still want to score touchdowns in the red zone, get that close on the first drive of the game. Let's go out and put the ball in the end zone. So there's always room for improvement uh, personally and as a team. So we'll keep, you know, turning over those stones, keep pushing forward, and keep growing um, week by week. So
13: oh, your mind when uh, Kaiser makes the
21: interception there oh, a lot of things like you're excited, um but then you have to like refocus you know it's, that's that's like the hard part. And I would say like the interesting part um just like throughout my career um if you're if you're re- when you're removed from the game, you're not on the field right you can kind of excuse me sorry <laughs> dropping dropping everything up here still recording, I promise but um when you're kind of removed from from the game, you're not out there playing snap in, snap out, right? You're, you can naturally go with the emotions of the game. But when you're out there playing, you know, you enjoy it for a second, then you snap back into the situation. Okay, you know, there's three minutes left. They got, you know, this many timeouts, right? Like, we need two first downs to go home. And so, um, yeah, you enjoy it for the moment, but you walk back into the situation and go finish the job. What do you call on
14: Roddale's long touchdown
21: run? The play call, I mean, it's just outside zone. Uh, We did a really good job missing up personnels, and so we caught him communicating. um, And you catch him short in the box count with an explosive player back there. Uh, For me, it's like get the ball in his hand as quickly as possible. So I was hoping he didn't get caught by the linebacker, man, because he he wouldn't live that one down. But it's good to see him uh, get in the end zone for us. That was a big, big possession for us
15: i hard feeling for you just throwing the, pa- the TD pass to Hollywood there at the end. I mean, you look pretty fired up. Yeah,
21: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was mic'd up, so I'm interested to see what I said on, on, <laughs> on the mic. Hopefully uh, they cut some stuff out so my mom doesn't get mad at me. But, um, yeah, I was pretty fired up. You know, talk about finish. Like, that was huge. You get all the way down there. Um, you want to make it a two-possession game. You get it that close to the end zone. They did a great job selling out a zero, um, but Hollywood did a better job beating his defender across – Um, the field and for me you know Hollywood we know the speed that he has is a foot race and so just got to make sure he doesn't outrun the ball. Um, So yeah it was a great moment great moment of finishing Put the momentum back and let our defense go out and be able to play and finish off the game with a two possession lead. Chemistry, Josh, and feeling more comfortable week by week. Can you sense, can you feel that the team is gelling together like that? 100%. You definitely can. Obviously, victories help that, right? Um, but you can, you know, just uh, the conversations, the interpersonal conversations on the sideline. You know, offense comes out, you know, scores. Defense is a great job, all right, we got you. Defense, you know, they're on the field for a long time. All right, offense, we need you right here. And offense going out, responding and putting together a scoring a drive. So, um, special teams, right? We had a huge return by Dorch to set us up, to get down, um, to kick the field goal. You know, special teams, just being able to play that confident football is all about chemistry as a team. And so, you know, as we continue to have success, it will just only grow. You
22: mentioned how, you know, wins are hard to come by in the
3: NFL. And for you personally, this is your first one as a starter after six years. What, yeah. What's, I mean, just personally, have you had a chance to think about, you know, the journey and then finally getting
4: one?
21: Yeah, you know, taking a knee, um, I did. You know, I just thought about um, just like the last 12 months, just how crazy they've just been. Just my NFL football career, right? Like being in Cleveland, um, thinking, you know, you're there for the year. Then having to bet on yourself to hope, you know, something happens where you get an opportunity to play. Then going to Tennessee, um, going and playing. Um, not getting the victories, but, you know, playing solid enough to get another opportunity. Um, so it's been, it was a, it was a tremendous full circle moment. Cause it feels like yesterday, man, I was getting ready for my first start on a Thursday night against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a great full circle moment. And so it was good to take a moment to enjoy it. Right. Um, but as we say, like, you know, tomorrow's a new day you know next Sunday is a new opportunity. The same thing I said when I stood up here last Sunday and said um, you know each Sunday um, is independent of each other It's going to happen next week so uh, we got another tough opponent so we'll enjoy it for the night. I'll enjoy the moment but you know tomorrow I'll get back to work see how we can improve and get ready for next weekend.
12: Speaking of moments and those t- first downs on the last drive, how cool was it and fun to have that push play? Yeah, it
21: was fun, man. You see the Eagles, like, run it to perfection. So it was, it was good to um, be able to have those, you know, the short short yardage, converting, um, offensive line, being able to push the pile and, and get first downs. Man, as I said, you know, anytime you're able to end a game, um, especially in the NFL in victory formation, is the best play in the game. So to do that out there on that field was great, and we want to keep doing that mo- moving forward. A rushing machine, you know, he touched the ground <laughs> last week. Forty-four yard run this week. What's was, what was going through your head on that? On that run? man, I was just, I was, I was, I was just like, I just got to get past the safety, and I was hoping just not to get caught from behind. Um, I think I almost touched twenty miles per hour. So i had bet with Izzy. He said he didn't think I still had twenty miles per hour in me. So I had to, I had to show him like nineteen point eight. We might have to get that checked or something because I think I touched twenty. But um, it was a great play, you know, just. As I said, you know, I stay true to my reads, uh, take what the defense gives me. Uh, and they gave me a pull read, and then it was great to make a play, really ignite the offense, ignite the team. Uh, anytime, you know, you're you're going against a really good defense, right? A really good team in general. On offense, you know, you, as I said, you know, in my presser on Wednesday, like we wanted to be the aggressor, we wanted to come out, and start fast. And so to be able to do that, right, with that big play, and then go down, and get points. Wish we had a touchdown. Wish I had to throw back to Rondell, but. Uh, to be able to go down and get points was a huge just starting momentum for us to take the ball and do that. And I really think we we're able to feed off that throughout the game. The had
2: one sack, but you guys were able to do a pretty good job with him. What do you think that was, slowing him
21: down? No, as I said, we had, we had a good plan and um, I told it to um, the guys on TV, like they have professionals on their side. We got professionals on our side, got a lot of trust in, in my own line and just the way they're able to communicate. and. Um, they've gone against some really good fronts over the past three weeks. You know, Obviously, Micah and the Dallas Cowboys are extremely talented, which we knew coming into the game. But you know, our guys have a ton of confidence in themselves, their skills and ability. And you know, we, we stay focused on, as I said, our fundamentals, what we can do, our game plan. And then if we go out, as we know, we go out and execute, play at a high level, we're, still, we're a difficult offense to stop no matter who's across from us. So um, yeah, it was really good to do that against a really good front. Um, especially number 11 for them, and uh, we'll continue to build off this momentum. great
12: feel to see Cowboys fans leaving early? That was good.
21: That was great, man. That was great. It was great to see the Red Sea, too. I know um, they travel well, but it's good to hear our fans cheering for us as we got the dub to finish it off. So, um, yeah, it was good to send them home a little early and, and enjoy enjoy the moment with our guys. So, appreciate you all. We'll keep going, keep improving. Y'all have a good week.
0: Always good when Cowboys fans go home early. Um. Let's uh hear from um Hollywood Brown in front of the uh, uh his locker.
18: Quite a different atmosphere in the locker room. How would you describe how it feels after this first win of the season?
16: Uh, it just feels good to get back in the win column. Uh, you know, we worked hard
18: all week, and you know, to get back, you know and finish the game how we finished it, we are proud. Of. What do you think was different this time around to be able to finish this end of the football game compared to the last few weeks? Uh, execution. Uh, we were locked in,
8: everybody
18: playing together, how
16: that's how What can a win like this do for you guys moving forward? Uh, just
15: give us uh, validation of what we already know about ourselves. Like, uh, you know, the NFL, you can lose close ones, you can win close ones. You know, we know we
16: a team that can win in this league. Hollywood, that drive that you guys scored the scored the
2: touchdown on. Obviously, they cut it to five. Without the second halves have gone, the first two weeks.
11: I mean, what
16: does that say about the offense to be able
2: to kind of string that together in
11: response?
16: Oh, uh, that we getting better.
15: was uh, playing better each and every week. I think everybody's seeing that because he just really got here, and so we're uh, proud of how he played. It's been 700
16: days since you guys won at home on a Sunday. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> hey, let's not let not make that a streak ever
15: again.
18: Back to back games for you having a touchdown. What has been working the most for you to find that consistency and that groove? Uh, just getting open,
15: uh, making a play with my number call.
0: That is a uh, pretty pretty embarrassing. Seven hundred days. Seven hundred days since they've won on a Sunday in that building. Obviously, they had a win last uh, year. It was a Thursday night um, at home. It was the only win at home uh, against the Saints. But 700 days uh, is a long time. Let's keep it going with the offense and uh, talk to uh, Paris Johnson Jr.,
5: First NFL win in the oh, yeah. uh,
10: books for your parents. How does it feel? Oh, man, it's an it's, it's, it's awesome feeling, you know. It's a,
5: the
10: first of many, you know. I mean, it's one I always remember, you know, it's it versus Cowboys. And, you know, so I think that's a, a nice, the first win to have in my career, so.
5: What can this do for this team, too? You guys, you know, double-point, uh, double-digit underdogs coming into this game, but the way you guys want to emphatically, what can that do for you guys moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I
10: think, again, this is just more your motivation that, you know, again, I feel like even last game, we just started fast. And, again, you know, last week when we were talking, it was all about just trying to finish. You know what I mean, finish, and I think we, uh, we, we, we always do that we could do that, but again, you know, we, um, we showed ourselves that, again, if we keep that mindset um, to, to, to finish the game, just make the second half just 0-0, we can come out and win. You guys ran for nearly 200 yards in the first half.
17: I mean, what does that say to, to the big boys up front to come out and do that against that type of
2: defense? No, I mean,
10: honestly, like that, like, like that was awesome. You know, think about the Cowboys, think about their front seven. And honestly, think about the whole defense. They have good DBs too. But I mean, like, um, I, 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 like I feel like again, like when I kept seeing that on the screen, I usually don't look at the big screen, but kept I kept hitting well. I'm like, yo, check that out. Like that's pretty, you know, that's pretty cool to see. You know, so that was awesome. At first,
22: you said earlier on this week that this group is hungry. How do you think you guys showed that this week to a team that had so many questions against them, knowing that the Cowboys, what type of defense that they had?
10: Yeah, I mean, again, I feel like you know, I feel like. We're, it's kind of like you know, the same saying we had Ohio State Ohio against the world affects Arizona against the world. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter who we're playing. There's going to be some sort of reasoning why we can't do what we want to do. But, you know, like the JG says, you know, it's, it's, it's the people inside the building that, that, that believe we're going to do it and that's all that matters. So, um, I mean, I think that's what we did today. We just kept, we, we, we listen outside noise to what people were saying and all that. So.
18: There's, is this a win that can, like, really turn
10: around a season? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a, a huge win. But, again, you know, I think the first thing we're going to do is we're going to celebrate today. But, again, um, you know, like me personally, I'm, I'm going to get some good food. Or I'm going to get a steak. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to get, a, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get some good food with the family. <laughs> but I think, again, just being able to, um, to uh, get back on the film to see how much, the, like, the better can we be. You know, because there's still some plays left on the field you know especially for me i'm kind of hard on myself right now there's a couple plays that keep going back in my mind even though that you know we, we gain yards got a touchdown got a first down whatever stuff can just be cleaner you know and i think there's a lot of people that may feel that way even though we got to win you always want to be cleaner and cleaner and cleaner, you know, and that's how it translates to next week. Talk
22: about that last drive—the the fact that the offense was able to be on the field and go into victory formation and really win it for you guys.
10: Oh yeah, I mean that was awesome. You know, just to look at the defense and they just look kind of depressed. And you know what I mean? I'm, I'm giving them head nods and they're like, oh, whatever, man. Like, you know, it's kind of cool. You know, you know, you see that in college. You see guys. You See guys like, have that reaction in college you when know, they're losing, but to see you know these NFL guys been doing it for a while like that is it's kind of kind of cool. You know what I mean. I'm able to celebrate. You know, Ray. we're joking in the huddle with Hump and with Will and we, you know tight ends and stuff. Just man. like it was a cool moment, you know.
22: You said that you've been talking light smack with Micah ever since you were in high school. And now you got to this moment, knowing what you were able to do and you're able to limit him. Uh, you're gonna continue the smack talk going on from this, or what were your takeaways from this one with him?
10: No, I'm not really. A, I'm still not a smack talk guy. We always talked before, like. Again, in high school, it was always like when we weren't going. Like, he was just a little camp leader or whatever. We were just doing jabs, little talks and whatever. You know, before his game, when I was a recruit, we were talking. But, you know, after the game, he seemed kind of – he seemed like he really didn't really want to talk. So, I didn't really – I just said, you know, it was good to finally have that game. That um, you know, we've been waiting on. I don't know if he's been waiting on it based on his reaction. He was like, whatever, but I was like, hey, you know, I've been I've been looking forward to playing. You, you know, we remember, remember this talk we had four years ago, and he's like, yeah, whatever. You know, walked off. So you know, I think it was more memorable for me than it was for him. So it was a good day. Enjoy it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.
0: I imagine that it would be a better day for uh, Paris than uh, Michael Parsons. Um, and. and one thing I want to say about, about Micah Parsons—he's he, a great talent—but I, I feel like there was aspects of the Cardinal offense that kind of gives you the blueprint on how to attack someone like Mark Micah Parsons and the the defense that um, Dallas puts up. You know, yeah, they don't have Trayvon Diggs; he goes down, but it. The rushing attack for the Cardinals were, was 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 uh, much more solid than the passing attack, and um, you know, if if you can cover, then uh, um, then the the passing uh, kind of gets shut down, and you're you're kind of forced to to run and and whatnot, and vice versa, but. Guys like Micah Parsons, if if you do it right, and I felt like the Cardinals do it right, did it right, you run at him, not away from him. And I, I think that that's you know, that's that's very key. Uh now we'll go ahead and, and switch things uh to the defensive side. We'll go with uh um Keetra Clark first and then, then we'll hear from uh, one of the men of the hour, uh, Kaiser White, that get, got the interception that uh, sealed the game. Uh, but like I said, first uh, we'll go with uh, um, Keetra Clark
5: last week, just how good does this one feel close it out and beat the
15: Cowboys? Man, it feels amazing. Like I told y'all in the beginning of the week, the main thing we was going to focus on was ourselves, making sure we focus on our, our execution, uh, making sure we're not giving up as many explosive plays or touchdowns and keeping them out the end zone. And, and we did that, and I'm proud of my boys today. What was
17: the mood in, in the locker room with uh, JG, you guys
5: getting in his first win as a head
15: coach? Yeah, man, it was amazing. It was amazing uh, just knowing that we were hitting in the right direction. Uh, we got more stairs to climb, like I always tell you guys. man, but it's exciting Uh, you know we're gonna enjoy this win right now knowing that we got to get back to work next week though.
18: How much confidence does it build for this team? Because all three games this season have been close. None of them have been You've had chances to win. What's the confidence like to try to build this consistency? Yeah, I mean, whether we win
15: by one point or we win by 20, a win is a win. And and we're going to be in that win column now. So uh, man, like I said, we're going in the right direction. And everybody everybody in this locker room right now is is happy. Um, But we're not complacent at all uh, because we know we still got places to go
5: difference you thought from the second half last week to the second yeah. half this week because Dallas came out through a punch and you guys yeah. kind to
15: steadied yourselves there. This week. Uh, one thing that JG always tells us is that you know we're in the NFL they're going to throw punches we got we might get hit uh, but we got to throw as many punches back you know so that's the main thing uh, we just kept on fighting we just kept on fighting uh, we, we gave up some plays but we just kept on kept on grinding it through so uh, yeah.
18: How would you describe this defensive unit. You guys come out with a lot of passion, grit, intensity. Your own perspective, how would you describe that side of the ball?
15: Uh, main thing for, for that I can describe it as is we're playing as a, as a family. Uh, I feel like saying we're playing as a team is all cool, but I feel like we're really playing as brothers on that field. Um, and you know, if you know that man on the right side of you and the left side of you and in front of you is going to go to war for you, uh, that makes you play totally different. Uh, so that's the main thing. And it's, it's, it's exciting to play with these boys. And, and we have fun out there. So that's the main thing
0: yeah you i've heard before you know in in football and in really most sports you don't have to like the guys that you're playing with but it sure can help and i think keetra clark is kind of right that you know when when you like the guys that are around you you do want to play harder for them and not not you know for yourself and for them and uh It'd be interesting to pay attention to, to see how, how that all shakes out. Um, we'll go ahead and, uh, uh, um, last but not least, uh, as, as it pertains to, um, post game, um, uh, words, media availability, Kaiser White.
7: I'm Jonathan. Game big, huh? What did that mean? Well, we... Everything to me, uh... Because, you, know, uh, you know, he put his face on the line for me, bringing me over here. And, uh, you know, I just try to go out there, play hard for him. And, you know, I don't want to let him down. So, uh, you know, to seal the deal, like, and him get his first win, that felt good, for sure. What was going through your
13: mind
12: as that ball was coming to you? In <laughs> don't, drop it, man. <laughs> don't drop it.
7: Please don't drop it, please.
12: Was that kind of be in the right place at the right time? Did you see anything on that particular play? Or? Yeah, I mean, I'm
7: surprised uh, he threw it, to be honest. But, uh that, that that play call, um, I was messing it up a little bit during the week, and um, I told myself this morning when I was praying, like, if, if uh, Rallis calls that defense and that play call, that I won't mess it up. And uh, I think I was 100% on it uh, all game. So, you know, I was proud of myself in that regard.
13: Your you guys' mind, I mean, obviously, defensively, you guys wish you would have played better in the second half last week. And they're moving it down. If they score a touchdown there, things might get a little dicey. I mean, does yeah. that cross your mind or not? Uh, yeah,
7: I mean, we just told each other, you know, uh, bend, but don't break and, um, you know, try to get a turnover. We didn't have one all game, so we uh, you know if we get a turnover right there, you know, we can seal the deal. So uh, that's what we went out and tried to do.
4: you ever give
2: up the ball? You were- nah, I wasn't trying to,
7: but eventually I did, yeah. <laughs>
4: You're trying
7: to keep it? Yeah, I was trying
4: yeah. to keep it. Did you initiate the
13: water Gatorade or whatever you to? Yeah, yeah,
7: definitely. Yeah, for sure.
13: He didn't seem all that thrilled with it.
7: Huh? He kind of
13: said it wasn't his favorite thing. Ain't I didn't like it.
7: It'll be all right. <laughs> It'll be all right.
12: How, how cool was it that you guys came off?
7: to see Monty there greeting everybody and uh, yeah, man. More- you know first year being a uh, you know head GM and uh, same with JG you know getting his first get they both getting their first one so that felt good especially when you hear everybody saying we're going to go 0 and 16 uh to get a one against the Cowboys a great team like that uh, felt good how much did you hear that talk this week? Oh yeah, I got a lot of family that's Cowboys fans. They texted me. They they rooting for the Cowboys. So uh yeah, I feel like I had a lot to prove today and uh, I wanted to you know upset some family members that, you know, was going against me. Will you text them back? Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's that's pretty rough, man. I mean It it is tough to to root against you know the team that you that you like, but come on, you got family that play for one team. Man, I I don't know if I could do that. Like I got I, you know, put it in my, my perspective. If I had some a, a friend or a family specifically that that played for you know the the Padres, the the Giants, the Rockies, you know, even the Dodgers man, I don't know if I would be a fan of either of those teams but I'd be a fan of that that player and, and I would be supporting that player um and uh you know and and uh, i I, I kind of would be like I hmm man that that would that would be tough because I don't want to sound hypocritical here but i I feel like I would want. I guess maybe like fantasy. You know, I, w- I want my real team, the Cardinals to win, you know, but if the fantasy team wins too, that's cool. I don't know. It it it's an interesting situation. Like you, like g- hopefully Kaiser does good, but I don't know, man. I I think I would have to go all in cuz I I would want to say, "Oh man, I can't have I can't root for the Dodgers. I can't root for uh the 49ers, Seahawks, or Rams, you know, or um you know, I, I I I can't root for the Lakers. Uh it it it'd be tough. I I guess I can see both sides, but that is kind of brutal that you know they they were rooting really against I don't Yeah, yeah, that's that's tough. That's tough. There's, there's no way I can say it that that um, makes me sound good or or, or better than anyone else. Uh, it, it, it yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I I I think maybe at the end of the day, I would have to go with the family member. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah.
7: I'm gonna talk trash right after I get out of here.
12: <laughs> and along those lines, how good did it feel to see all the all their fans over here leaving early?
7: Oh yeah, that felt good, man, for sure. Like I just came from Philly, so I still got it in my blood, you know. Yeah, it felt good for sure. I don't like the Cowboys at all, never did. You guys had a handful of stops
20: on third down in the deep red zone. What went into consistently making them kick
1: on fourth like that? Wait, what? You guys had a handful of stops on third down in the deep red zone. Mm-hmm. What went into
20: consistently being able to come up? Because um, last
7: week, you know, against the Giants, uh, we was giving up touchdowns in the red zone. Um, and, you know, this week the big emphasis was, you know, let's be great in the red zone uh, this week and uh, limit it, limit them to three, whether we're playing on a short field or not, whether they drive it down and get down there. Let's just try to, you know, get them to kick some field goals.
12: The other part, too, last week was the explosive plays. and mm-hmm. That was limited pretty good. Anything specific or is this just?
7: Oh, uh, man, just, you know, watching the tape and getting back to the drawing board, you know, being technically sound and, uh, you know, just playing fast, really. I feel like when you play fast, that take away uh, a lot of things that can go wrong on a football field. Jonathan talks about being process
17: driven a lot, but to get that validated, all that work by a win, yeah. how meaningful
7: was that to you? Oh guys? man, it feels good, man. Cause like I said, you hear all the outside noise. You know whether you want to block it out or not, you're gonna hear it uh, in some regards. So uh, it just feel good to come in here, you know, get it win.
2: How would you describe your relationship with Jonathan? Does it go beyond the normal player-coach? Oh yeah,
7: that's my guy, man. Like I said, he put his face out there for me, uh, bringing me over here. If I come out here and lay an egg, him and Rylas look like crazy guys. So I definitely don't want that to uh, happen, and uh, I want to just keep continue to get better and uh, you know keep striving for greatness. Didn't
15: have Zabin, didn't have uh, Chris Barnes when uh, Jalen got hurt later. Yeah. The abilities are to rallying
14: together there late.
7: Yeah, the injuries is crazy, but uh, you know I feel like you know next man up mentality. Um, even when the younger guys went in there, like Stilly and uh, Dante Stills, you know they ain't blink at all. So it definitely felt good to see that. Uh, you know Zeke, he's a guy that could that could be a starter in this league. Uh, you know he's been in that special teams frame, but to see him out there and uh, making plays, smiling, that definitely felt good.
2: You the noise of being counted out. How much do you like that? you know, underdog mentality. Oh, yeah, I've been an
7: underdog my whole life. I ain't supposed to be here anyway. So, uh, yeah, I like that. I never – last year was my first year I was on a team where I felt like, I, you know, I was going to every game expected to win. I like being an underdog, man.
12: As big as that interception was, that was the Cowboys' first turnover of
7: the season. Yeah, I didn't even know that, to be honest. <laughs> but I'm glad, you know, I was able to pick that up.
0: <laughs> I like that conversation from uh, Kaiser White. That was uh, really, really solid. Um, now we'll move into yesterday's comments and we'll start it off with, uh, Jonathan Gannon.
1: Now that you've had a, you know, good 24 hours or so to process it, how does it feel to get that, that first one
18: out
14: of the way? Yeah, the guys played well, you know, we, uh, executed in a lot of different areas, um, thought we played smart, Uh, a lot of things to clean up, which we already did, and on to San Francisco.
12: Text from
14: friends and other coaches that you know, yeah, you've I along mean, with. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, your buddies and all that stuff. But that's, I mean, I guess because it, it's the first one's a big deal, I guess. I just found out. But, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it was good. A lot of people support the Cardinals.
22: You have hung your hat on winning the explosive play battle. That's how, that's something that you want to focus on as an, as an offense knowing what Josh was able to do and Rondell and that especially that long ball to Michael Wilson. How gratifying is it to see that actually happening on the field?
14: Yeah, those guys know I mean it's not just the offense, it's defense and special teams too. But uh, yeah, I mean we 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 I mean in the run game we had some explosives, the pass game we had some explosives and kept the explosives down on defense. Special teams were positive in that phase, that component of the game. But um, you know, it's we know it's a winning stat every week. It's a winning stat, one of the winning stats, and uh, they did a good job with it.
10: Since you didn't get to see Dobbs in the preseason here, and you can only see so much in a practice. When he takes off like he did, is there any part of you that's surprised?
14: No, I know he's fast. Um, he, um, you know, he's he's a mobile quarterback that can move and extend plays and make plays out of the pocket too. Um, some of those are design runs. Some of those are um, tucks it and goes. But um, that's a integral part today, in, in my opinion, of offenses that play is the quarterback's legs, and um, you know we got to keep uh, helping them out with that. And and as a defense, you have to be aware of that and defend it properly. Um, we saw us learn from that a, a week ago or two. So. Um, that it's it's huge for our offense because it gives us some versatility and gives us another weapon that we can you know deploy when um, the scheme would say that and uh, he's done a good job with it
21: where have you seen a guy like Michael Wilson evolve the most and how can he
17: it seems like whenever the ball's on his way he's making a play yeah. how can he improve or get more targets more
14: yeah his point of attack is really good through the first three weeks um, you know what I love about Mike is when his number called just like you said Tyler he wins. Um, He's made some big catches for us. The thing that people don't see is the effort and the blocking and the different ways we deploy him. He knows three, four positions, which is a lot for a rookie, especially um, in an offense like ours where we're kind of multiple with different formations and shifts and motions. You saw the one block on the explosive. Um, I mean, that was a huge play. But uh, he's doing a good job. He'll continue to do a good job. And when his number is called, that's what I expect from him.
18: He has more confidence, and he's playing more free out there.
11: Do you see that in
14: his play? Yeah, I think what what you what you probably see, what I see is is he knows exactly what to do, and he and he plays faster than the opponent. Um, you know, there's two parts about playing fast is you know how fast can you do something, how fast you get to your technique, but your brain has to work before your legs do. So um, he's a very you know intelligent person. One of the reasons that we loved him when we picked him. And um, you see that showing up now.
13: How is Zayden uh, doing? And, and what, how did it impact you when you lost him?
14: He got poked in the eye. So, obviously, just like any D line, you know, then you're down a guy in the rotation. Some other guys stepped up. Um, I thought the entire room played pretty well. Um, but he's doing okay right now. But it was just a, a, a kind of a fluke, you know, gets jabbed in the eye, walked out there. And he was, it was, it didn't look great, honestly. But um, I think he's checking out okay.
10: That there is no timetable set for his return. Is there any extra emphasis on touching base on Kyler's rehab? Since a week from today would
14: be the earliest you could take him off pop. With me, um, yeah. I mean, I touch base with Kyler every day, um, but he's doing well. But no, no, no. Uh, we know the timetable, but we have our own timetable.
22: Why well, has the team been able to start off so strong in the first half?
14: I don't know. I mean, I, they're, they're ready to play. I know that. I think, but that's not always the case. You know, honestly, you know, it might be. You think you're going to get something and you don't, or execution, or how the game flow goes. So, but that has definitely helped us the first three weeks, starting fast on all three phases. You typically got to continue to do that because you don't want to get down, but you got to be able to play from down too. So, um, but honestly, I think. Just the execution component of all three phases is why we've why we've kind of built some leads. G. G., what was
15: the most impressive thing you saw yesterday?
14: Uh, I would say our attitude, honestly. You know, going into half. You know, being up where we've been up twice now, um, I thought that the attitude was a slight different tone in the locker room. I made sure that they knew about it, and then you know what did we need to do to win the game in the second half from all three phases each individually, and then you know as we took some shots there in the in the second half they they got kind of got back into the game and you know then we go three and out or however that came I felt I thought that we were a resilient group yesterday, and uh, guys stepped up and executed and made plays when they needed to to win the game. Have you
13: said
1: that it's obvious that the guys have bought in? to what you guys are doing here and you had chances chance to win week one and week two that by all comes together in week three. How much does that add to the message that you guys have been messaging? Because you have the proof in the pudding, so to speak. Yeah,
14: I, I appreciate the question. I would say, you know, I think that um, obviously like it feels good to win a game. But my concern with them is not my concern. What I'm looking for on a daily basis, are we doing enough in all three phases to put ourselves in position to win the game? And so you evaluate that first, and then you tell the players about that. And then you bring it to their attention. This has to improve. This has to get a little bit better. Um, This has been good, but it has to stay there or even elevate it a little bit. And um, you hope that everybody in the building is just trying to improve their game every day. And then when you put all that together, then you know, hopefully your team plays better. So honestly, I thought that the week of practice that they had was, um, was extremely competitive and fast. And you know, I, I thought that they, the execution that you saw on the field um, stems from the three, four days of practice.
11: Back off that a little bit, DJ Humphrey said a few weeks ago, like the reason he's able to lead
12: better is because of kind of the standard you set in a way and the process that y'all put in place. I mean, do you notice that from guys and how they're buying into your way per se?
14: Uh, I mean, DJ's a high, high character guy, and we got a lot of those guys. So I think that yeah. um, from my standpoint is is it's it's no different when, from the coaches to the players to the staff to the doctors to – you know, the chefs in the kitchen. Like, hey, this is what we want, this is what's expected, this is your role, and you have to go out and do a good job in your role. And when it's not up to par for what you think is up to par, we have to adjust and correct it and get better. So, um, but that starts with me first. And, and, you know, I learned a lot from these last three games. That last game, I told them when we had a team meeting today, like, here's the mistakes I made. Here's how I got to correct it, you know? And um, so when, when everyone's uh, on the same page of hey, let's just worry about learning and improving, it's not hard to follow suit. Is Josh
13: there now, or is there something more in this progression? You know, from one week to the next as he
14: picks up. Yeah, I mean, I think he's played winning football for since he's been here. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you guys will continue continue to see his improvement as he gets more and more comfortable. But. I mean, you could ask him. He's pretty comfortable right now. He's making a bunch of plays for us. He's got good command in the huddle. <laughs> He's he never has any flinch, which I love about him. He's doing a good job. What
10: was the decision-making
14: process for the switch at left guard? Uh, just wanted to get Cologne in the game a little bit, and um, I thought Elijah played really well. And when Cologne came in there, he did he did a good job. So, we're always looking to tinker with different groups and people and and trying to help our guys out and uh, also um, playing guys that are going to need to be up and playing. So that's a part of it, too. But I thought they both did a good job. Monty was pretty fired up at the end of the game. Yes, I think he hugged
18: everybody <coughs> to, the, to the locker room. Uh, does he usually get like, you seen him get like
7: that after?
14: Yeah, I've seen him get fired up a couple times. You guys probably haven't seen it. But yeah, he gets mad at me a couple times. Yeah, He gets, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've I've seen the emotion from him, but no, that was cool. I mean, obviously, it was his first win too. He's he was you know, he's directly responsible for everyone in that locker room. So, did a good job.
0: Hmm. All right. Well, we you know, all we've seen of um, of Monty is is you know the wheeling and dealing and all that stuff, and and of course he's. He you know, as a football guy, whether you're a coach, a player, or in the front office like he is, then you know, winning is all that matters. But um, you know, if I find it interesting and it kinda makes sense. He's already gotten upset, but that that comes with competition, I do believe. Um And, yeah, I've seen the photos, and Austin Fort very, very fired up to earn his first win as a uh, a general manager in this league. Um, Michael Wilson uh, had a pretty solid game. Seems to be getting better and better. Let's uh, listen to him uh, from yesterday's press availability.
13: When the... uh later the next day. I mean, obviously you guys feel good about a win, but when then you go back and look at the tape today, you know, JG's been very, hey, we got to, it's about the process and we're not going to talk about results. Is that the feel you got today was it's not about the win?
16: Uh, I feel like any time you can get a, a dub, especially in the NFL, um, I think you savor that moment for the first 24 hours. Um, but I think now that we watched the tape, now it's kind of behind us and now the focus is, on San Francisco. Um, but I think anytime you watch the film, bad or good, after a win or a loss, it's never as bad as, as it seems, it's never as good. And so even though we were very efficient on offense, there's still a lot of meat that we left on the bone. And today is all about digesting the coaching points, internalizing it, and going forward so we can capitalize on the things that we could have done in this game and making sure those things don't happen again. Um, in the weeks to come.
19: You had a pair of plays where you were just wide open. Is Mm -hmm. that just
16: scheme? Is that you,
22: one-on-one battles (laughs) in the mix?
16: Uh, I would say that's more just it being zone coverage or the defense just dropping me. And I think those were two plays where our offensive coordinator has done a great job of calling plays. And I think sometimes when you're able to run a lot of crossers, defenses can get confused and drop guys. Um, and coincidentally, both of those plays, I just, the guy who was supposed to be covering me just dropped me and I was just wide open.
1: When you that wide open and the, the ball's coming to you, does it seem like it's taking forever to get it to you? It seems
16: like, yeah. So uh, differently than what most people think, I personally think those are some of the toughest catches in football because like you're, you want to catch the ball and turn. And I think those oftentimes you see more guys drop balls in those situations than, than tough catches because when it's so easy, I think you want you want to take your eyes off the ball really quick and see how many yards you can get down the field. Um, but in my head, I'm like, I'm looking this ball and I'm catching it and then seeing what I can get down the field. But uh, I think I haven't had too many of those in my career, honestly, where I've been wide open. I think I didn't have one of those at Stanford, maybe had a couple in high school, but I was just thinking in my head, just catch the ball and then get north after that.
10: It seemed like you, Rondale, and Hollywood were all being used differently Mm -hmm. to your individual skill sets. Mm -hmm. Is that how you feel this offense is kind of being run? Like the way you are being put into the game plan is for you specifically? Yeah,
16: I think the offense can cater to and build upon any person. And I think um, the offense is tailored to the specific uh, strengths and or weaknesses of a player um, and so I think you've seen like we're using Rondell in the backfield and using him in the screen game and getting him the ball in space because he's really good he's a really good ball carrier and he's great with the ball in his hands you also see him run a lot of routes and he's a good route runner as well you see Hollywood getting the majority of the targets because he is one of our better route running receivers who's able to catch balls in space and create separation at the line of scrimmage and get in and out of breaks. And I think I'm sort of in the middle of that right now where I'm just trying to play my role as best as I can and block really hard and and do the dirty work and make the catches that come my way. And so um, I think we've got a great tandem with our receiver core. And I love how guys play for one another um, and are excited about each other's success because I think that's what is winning. That's what winning culture is about, and I think JG and and the whole coaching staff have preached team first, um, you second. And I think from top down, you can see that, you know, in real time during the game, with guys playing really hard and playing for the for each other.
4: Josh, Josh made some pretty big time throws mm-hmm. yesterday. Obviously, you've only like known him for a few weeks, but what have you learned about him? Has anything surprised you about?
16: just the way he plays? Uh, I think he's... I've answered this question a few times, but I'm going to keep answering it the same way. But nothing surprises me about um, his improvement over the last few weeks and his success that he's been able to accumulate for himself because he operates at an extremely high level um, in all areas of his life. In terms of his his punctuality, he's very articulate. Um, he's one of the first guys in, one of the last guys to leave. Um, he's disciplined and he just sometimes when you, when you meet a person, they give off an aura where you believe them. It, like if he told me, if you give him 100 things to do to get better, he's taking advantage of all 100 and probably asking for more. And so I believe him when he says, like, I'm doing everything I can to put myself in a position to yield the result that I want. Like he attacks every single opportunity to get better. Um, he's a great teammate, and I love playing for a quarterback that is accountable. And, you know, he's very emotionally mature where he can say, yeah, that's my bad, or I made a bad throw. And I think that's great to play for a leader of the team when they're able to be accountable and can not always point the finger at somebody else.
13: You, uh, you said yesterday that you needed to see the video because you didn't even, realize you were that wide open on the long pass. When you saw the video, were you surprised?
16: I was uh, yeah, I didn't feel that open in the game. Um, I think long story short, I should have scored a touchdown on that and I definitely have gotten a lot of smack from the receiver core uh, saying I should have scored. But at the end of the day, I'm never gonna get frustrated over a 70 yard um, catch.
22: What can a win like this do for you guys as you're starting to go into uh, into division play? You said what now, you I said what. What can a win like this do for you guys as you're going into division play starting this week?
16: I think it gives us confidence. I think anytime you can get a win in uh, in the NFL, like I said earlier, is huge. Um, and so, I think it just <laughs> proves to us that we can pull out in the tough games. I think we let. Or could have let those first two games slip through our fingers but now to capitalize on this victory gives the team confidence um, it gives you that taste of what that victory feels like because i think there's no greater feeling in life than waking up the next morning with a victory michael did it
18: feel like an away game with all those cowboys fans
16: out there a little bit but all the older guys had prepared me for it and said like every time we play the cowboys or one of the franchises that have a, a bigger fan base like the, the it almost feels like an away game, but I think it's always fun to play in front of a packed stadium, um, regardless of who's in the stands. Do
18: you think that's gonna prepare you for the Niners in Santa Clara?
16: Yeah, I mean I haven't played in that stadium before, but it'll be fun to go back to to where I you know uh, played in college, and not, so I'm really excited for that.
21: You gonna have anybody go to the game?
16: I'm gonna have hopefully some of my old ex teammates can play or can can attend from Stanford and then not just my parents as well.
17: What, uh, what part of your game do you think has taken the biggest step forward
16: so far? Biggest step. Honestly, I would just say my confidence. Um, I think. From week one or even the preseason games, uh, you can just feel it on tape when a player is playing more confidence. I think that comes with experience. And I wouldn't even say confidence because I'm, conf- I'm always confident in my game, but it's just more being more comfortable out there um, and being able to play faster and more free because you're not thinking as much about the playbook, about the speed of the game, about just all the different variables that come in as a rookie. I feel like I've th- those, that's the biggest thing I've taken strides in. It's just playing more comfortable, playing more free and getting adjusted to the NFL game. You said-
13: You were saying some nice things about Josh there. I'm curious, given how late he came into the process, Mm -hmm. I know the rest of you were all practicing together, but is there any part of you that's surprised that the offense overall has kind of come together as quickly as it has, considering your starting quarterback came in so late?
16: I would say yes and no. Um, Yes, it's surprising because... To the uneducated person or to the person removed from the locker room, you would think, okay, a quarterback gets through the week before week one, there's no way that they're going to be able to string together an offense that can put out a winning product. Um, but like I said, from what we've been building in the in what we've been preaching on in this building from the top down about team first, you second, and how just going back to what how i said josh is he's a whatever it takes type of guy and he operates at a high level like it doesn't surprise me that he's been finding so much success and i think his play is only going to continue to increase especially now i just talked to him there that that's his first career win as a starter so that's big for him so just imagine when we're talking about confidence like he's feeling really really confident so i think he's he's a guy that instead of taking his foot off the pedal and easing up okay i got my first one he's going to even go harder now and put more time and more preparation into what he's doing so i think that product that you see from josh is only going to continue to increase and and you'll see better from him as time progresses
9: what are conversations like between you and josh just you know how are they benefiting you in terms of here's how the route the route i want you to run here's where i'm trying to get you the ball etc
16: just communication is huge and i i touched on this earlier but josh is a excellent communicator and I said he's very articulate so he's able to communicate where he wants me, how he wants me um, to come out of this route, what's his footwork on the route in terms of how many steps I can run this route or if we get cover zero blitz do I need to shorten my steps or it's just nice playing with someone who is a student of the game and like I said I can feel that he loves the game as much as I do and like I do, and so we've hit it off and have a, a really good relationship both on the field and outside of the field too because, like I said, he's a smart guy, and I, we can talk about a whole bunch of different things because um, I always joke around because he wanted to go to Stanford. <laughs> 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 he wanted to go to Stanford, and he said that was one of his dream schools going, or one of his goals to go to Stanford um, at a young age, but it, the numbers with the offers and stuff, the scholarships just didn't work out. So we have a lot to talk about. Do you
13: have better grades than him? Is that what you're saying? Uh
16: I know he's got some crazy degree, but I got some crazy degree too. So
13: <laughs>
16: and I got I, I I think I did get it from a better university. So I think I I think I wound up I, I got him in that uh asset. <laughs> How cool or validating is it just to see yourself and some of the other rookies not only getting a lot more run but contributing right away. Yeah, I think it speaks mountains to the rookie class and, and to the front office for bringing in like-minded individuals who I, you know, Monty and JG said they want to build a culture of high character guys who love football and, and do things the right way outside of the building too. And I think myself and Keitrell and Paris and BJ and OP and I, I can name all the guys that are playing right now, but I think we all embody that. And so um, I, got a lot of love from our rookie class. And I think we've got some special people, some special personalities in our class. And I think we're, it's only going to get better from here because we've got the right people in, in the building who accept nothing, but, you know, their best and, and winning.
0: That's good stuff. Um, you know, I, I feel like that's uh, um great, insight to how the team is uh thinking and how they're feeling how Michael feels about Josh Dobbs that you know he's he's taking on all these challenges and he's like hey give me more give me more I want to improve and uh, I, I think that's 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 pretty awesome um as we know Cardinals are you know one one in three. Um, excuse me, one and two. Um, no, wait, why am I so off on this? Yes, this is week three. Um, yeah, Washington Giants Cowboys. Yeah, so they're they're one and two. Um, but some would argue because of lack of finish between the first two games, they could easily be. Undefeated at this point, and that—that's certainly what Wolf and Luke, and their conversation is about.
17: Is the Wolf and Luke show? It's a very short version of the Wolf and Luke show. Wolf, we got to fit four hours into the next forty-five minutes. How you doing?
20: Okay, go, Luke, go! Yes, how am I doing? I'm doing great, man. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, it was pretty fantastic to watch Arizona Cardinals shock the world. And beat the Dallas Cowboys and nobody that I saw. I don't know about you, only means nobody. That I saw gave the Arizona Cardinals an opportunity of winning that game, including myself.
17: No, look, I mean, and we're not not totally oblivious to what just happened. The Diamondbacks just threw away a golden opportunity. We'll get into the D-backs tomorrow because we only have 45 minutes. But yes, that did just happen on our airwaves, and it's not great. Um, But uh, as, as far as what happened yesterday, I'm right there with you. I don't know anybody who picked the Cardinals to win that game. There aren't many times where I just don't give them much of a chance, especially the way they played in the first two games. Yeah. But you didn't know if what we were seeing in the first two games was sustainable, just how they were going to react at home after that rough loss last week, and instead they went out and, and, I mean, they didn't just win, Wolf. They led wire to wire. They handled Dallas for 60 minutes yesterday. so
20: impressive. It really is. And this is one of the reasons why I, I tip my cap, ladies and gentlemen. I stand at the ready for the guys that are inside that locker room, for what they did to go out there. This is one of the great, great things about the game of football. It doesn't matter what your record is. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your analyst says. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter what any analyst says, as a matter of fact. This is the great thing about football. You step in between those white lines, especially in the National Football League, and you got a chance. You have a chance because you've got guys that are talented. The Dallas Cowboys, I'll stand by this, are more talented from the the roster perspective than the Arizona Cardinals are. Ron Wolfley informing. I think they're more talented. Yet at the same time, it doesn't matter. What matters is how well you play as a team inside those white lines. And the Cardinals outplayed the Dallas Cowboys in every face.
17: You know, this, um, this got to a point, point. I don't know how you felt at the game, Wolf, but when they were leading at halftime again, like going into this game we talked about last week, nobody expects you to beat Dallas. If you can do it, that's awesome. In, in terms of just point spreads, I'm sure it was the biggest upset of the season so far. I know Baltimore just lost to the Colts, too, so maybe, maybe it's right there. But, um, but once they were up at halftime again, third straight game, being up at halftime, I thought to myself, like, they got to win this game. They, they can't lose a lead at halftime again. I, I don't care how good they're supposed to be and how good Dallas is supposed to be. They can't keep losing like this because it's going to undercut all the hard work you're yeah. putting in. So in a weird way, it became a like, okay, they need to win now in the
20: second half, for, at least for me. Yeah, that was, you know, for me, it was going into the fourth quarter. That to me is always, the Arizona Cardinals have had the lead going into the fourth quarter in all three games. Yeah. They had the lead in all three games going into the they fourth. Could 3-0. They could be 3 and 0. They really could be 3 and 0. Just saying right now, you know, while while we're sitting here looking at the Dallas Cowboys say just sound the parade music, will you please? Somebody please <laughs> give me the baton right here. Sound the parade because the Arizona Cardinals truly could be 3 and 0 right now based on audience without even batting an eye. First of all, if you told me before the season started, you were going to be able to beat one of the first three teams <laughs> there would
17: be absolutely if, if, if you could draft you would have drafted <laughs> Dallas
20: there'd be no hesitation whatsoever beat the star <laughs> oh beat the star at home especially that was one of the great things about it we were talking about it this is a culture victory a culture win for JG his coaches and for the entire organization and for me that really pleases me that it was a culture win by this team.
17: It was. That's a great way to put it. It was a culture win, and I also think it reinforces what you're doing. This is something that, at least for me, I've been keeping an eye on because they played well enough to win in week one. I know they didn't win. I know you don't get credit yeah, for it, but they played right. well enough to win and they lost. Okay, well, they, you know, kind of surprising people. Well, they should have won in week two, and they didn't, okay? That stuff starts to add up if you keep playing really yes. well and buying into the culture and doing all those things and then losing in gut-wrenching fashion. So, to go out there and win, and, I mean, I, let's not pretend there weren't a lot of Cowboys fans there, but I didn't hear any of them in the fourth quarter, did you?
20: No, I did not. And, once again, this was a beautiful thing. Why was it such a beautiful thing to me, Bassonians? It was a beautiful thing because they had players who stepped up in that fourth quarter, right? Players that really stepped up in regard to Hollywood Brown, especially the second half. Hollywood Brown and James Conner. Would you say James Conner stepped up, ladies and gentlemen, right? Josh Dobbs, of course. Josh Dobbs did a great job of protecting the ball, but he also he made some some very critical passes to Hollywood Brown from time to time. And Michael Wilson Michael Wilson appeared. Michael Wilson made an appearance in a big kind of way. Players stepped up and really made plays in that second half that allowed them to win this game. And that, I think, more than anything else, was really, really pleasing because that's where they lost these games, the first two games. That's where they lost them in that second half, and in particular, I would say the fourth quarter.
17: You know, you you, you never know how this would have played out And you can always play the if game. I will always maintain if they had Kyler Murray in week one, they would have beat Washington. Who knows in week two? Um, Because they they just didn't get any offense in week one at all. Now they got some in week two, and it slipped away. So I, I think that one, you just have to say they let the game slip away. But I wonder how much letting that game slip away in week two in a weird way helped them yesterday. Because they seem like a team that, okay, now we haven't played that many games together, but we have been here before, at home, up against a team that we weren't supposed to beat, and it didn't go well. I mean, it was only seven days earlier. And they looked like a team yesterday that was like, we're not letting this happen again. I don't care what logo's on their helmet. I don't care how many of their fans are here. I don't care how much they were favored by. We're not letting this happen again. And they didn't. I mean, you start to get into the numbers of this game, and they defy. Oof. They're like, uh, the the stat they flashed at one point yesterday was the rushing yards for the Cardinals in the first half was the most Dallas has allowed in the first half since 1991. <laughs> I know.
20: I know. That was kind of stunning right there, was it not, Luke? Uh, yeah, this is not like, hey, this is the best play of the season. <laughs> we're going back like 30 years. Yeah, like 30 years. You know what also, too, going back to the culture win, base, know. this was a culture win. This was kind of a thing that J.G. and his staff really can cherish and hold on to because it 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 does say to every player that is in that locker room, you just listen to what we're telling you right now. You just keep doing what you're doing right now. And we're going to win games. We're going to win more games this year. They were physical. When we talk about the culture win, we talk about pads. Do we not? Physical, accountable, disciplined, and smart. Physical. They had 222 rushing yards. And you could go ahead and eliminate Josh Dobbs as well. (laughs) The quarterback. The quarterback on that play, go ahead and do that. And that's fine. I got no problem if you want to take his yards away. You take his yards away, it still doesn't matter. They still rammed the ball down the Dallas Cowboys' mm-hmm. throat, and they did it in a very north-south kind of way. Did they not, Rondell Moore? Even
17: Rondell Moore was running north-south. What are you talking what about? a novel <laughs> concept. Point him towards the end zone and let him loose.
20: That offensive line is still scaring some of the Dallas Cowboys this morning. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. Scary is on the wall. Scary is on his way. Isn't that right, Will Hernandez? They were physical at the point of attack. They were accountable. They finished. This is, this is to me, being accountable is going, up, going out and finishing what you started. Finishing. This was something J.G. was all over him about as well, right? Finishing. Finish strong. They didn't finish well. They didn't finish well in Washington. They didn't play the Commanders. They did not finish well in that fourth quarter. They did not finish well, as we all know, mm-hmm. especially in that especially fourth quarter. Especially against the Giants. Against the Giants. They did not finish well. They had to finish. This team went out. They were accountable to each other, and they finished. They were disciplined. They didn't kill themselves. You know what? The Cowboys were the undisciplined team. They killed themselves with 13 penalties. They were smart. We didn't see blown coverages by the Arizona Cardinals. And, oh, by the way, the Cardinals were perfect in the red zone. And the Cowboys were one of five in the red zone. You want to talk about the difference in this game? Smart game plans for the red zone.
17: Well, Cardinals scored on their first five drives, all five drives in the first half, against a defense that was looking like it might be the best in the NFL, or certainly one of the best. And they're still good. I mean, this doesn't, like, end Dallas' season. But it was... The Cardinals had to walk through it, too, because right, if you remember, the third quarter ended with a Micah Parsons sack, and you're like, oh, <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, this is Jonathan Gannon after the game talking about the locker room buying into the culture.
14: You know, honestly, I don't I don't think wins and losses validate what you're doing on a daily basis. Um, obviously, it's a production business, so you got to win games. But um, that team has been bought in um, since, you know, with their head up, held high, losing on the road week one. Um, you know, a game that we felt like we should have won week two, a game that we felt like we should have won. They kept their chin up and they went back to work. And that's what we got to do this week because we got a good football team going to San Francisco.
17: Look, I'm not saying he's wrong and he obviously knows his guys better. Uh, but, you know, if you get you get 10 games into the season and you're one in nine and you've lost six games, you led in the fourth quarter, that's going to start to chip away at you. So I, I just I think that game yesterday that to win it once you were up, Going into the fourth quarter, like you said, or even at halftime, it was huge. You had to win that game at that point.
20: No doubt about it, man. I'm just thinking what a huge win going forward right now to be one and two, one and two, and to beat the Dallas Cowboys when literally nobody thought you had a shot to beat the Cowboys. Be competitive. Yeah, okay, be competitive. Go out there and be competitive in the fourth quarter, make it a competitive game. But to beat. The Dallas Cowboys, to make enough plays to actually have more points at the end of the game than the Dallas Cowboys, Or just, there, there just wasn't a lot of people that were picking the Arizona Cardinals in that regard. And that's what's great, because I know how that feels inside that locker room. And those guys inside those that locker room right now, the, the, the way that they feel about going out and doing what they were able to accomplish, that, to me, can pay dividends down the road.
0: Yeah. And and it's a great argument to to have that, you know, hey, they they were up in all three games, you know, and and they just didn't finish. That that that's it's it's valid. And yeah, if you're the Cowboys, does this devastate your season? No, it does not. Um but from a Cardinals perspective, this is exactly what you want and it can it can propel you forward. Um we had a little bit of an update. Um as it pertains to Kyler Murray, and he gave us a little bit of an update himself on social media, saying, "Hey, soon, video of him working out, looking good, full uh, bend and 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 uh, um, motion uh, during the workout. Knee looks good from that video, anyway. Um, and uh, um, after this week uh, coming up." He he can be taken off of pup. A lot of people believe that um, that will happen. Now it's uh, crazy to think that he'll play week five because though he's you know knows the playbook, he hasn't been able to play the playbook, practice the playbook, if you will. Um, and so uh, between six and eight is probably more likely when you when you'll see Kyler. Um, but um, with him, you know, the the offense and defense kind of kind of humming and and played a great game uh, this uh, uh, past weekend. You you kind of feel like when Kyler comes back, man, you you should you should uh, get a a big jolt of momentum. Um, Dan and Vince certainly uh, kind of hinted at that and talked about that. That uh, um, you know, Kyler Murray's return being soon raises the bar for the uh, Arizona Cardinals season. Um, and then this this was on uh, Friday uh, when they talked about that
13: Bigley Bigley and,
8: Marata. and, Marata. and Arizona Sports the local sports leader. Weekly Blast. Without pestering or provocation, Kyler Murray provided his own timetable for a return to football on Wednesday. Soon, he posted on social media, and then he posted a promise I didn't expect to hear. I won't let us down, he wrote. And just like that, the tone of football season has changed, in my opinion. With one TikTok video, Murray has placed expectations on his return from knee surgery and soon implies week five or soon thereafter. It means he isn't looking to stall or buy time. It means the Cardinals aren't conspiring to keep him away from the football field. And it means that Murray has voluntarily raised the bar. And if this injury lingers into November, Murray will have created a sense of disappointment he did not need to create. Now the other part. I won't let us down implies that Murray is not feeling apprehensive about his knee or any trepidation about his return. And if that doesn't excite you, then you are too far gone in your hate for Murray to feel a thing. And as like Ruthless likes to say, you'd rather focus on the little sooner than what it might mean for Murray to rejoin a team with possibly 75% of the season remaining. Now maybe Murray is motivated after watching Josh Dob nearly lead this team to a pair of victories. Maybe he's feeling a bit threatened by this newcomer, or maybe Murray has learned a valuable lesson in his absence from the game, namely how much he loves playing football. And I don't know about you, but I can't wait to see what that looks like. All right, today's victory Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. Go find them online at chapmanbmw.com.
21: Yeah, I I wouldn't want to go out there and hurt the team or hurt myself. Um, You know, the advice that I've gotten from a lot of people around me, you know, uh, is obviously to to go when you're ready. You know, don't listen to outside noise. Uh, Don't feel pressured to come back because of this situation or that situation. Um, You know, whenever you're ready, you'll know you're ready. And uh, I, I think that's what obviously, you know, like I said, I haven't dealt with this,
23: but when that time comes, I feel like, That was Kyler Murray of the Cardinals back on July 29th, so almost two full months ago, on the concept of not rushing back before you're ready, not jeopardizing anything moving forward. Now, the TikTok video that was put out yesterday by Kyler Murray really kind of uh, paints things in a, a, or presents things in a a different light for his return. Mm -hmm. For him to say soon as the last word, for him to say I won't let us down. Uh, And, you know, another thing that stood out to me, too, was I've never missed the game as much as I miss it right now. Oh, yeah. And that is very telling because, again, this is the first time that football has really been taken away from Kyler Murray uh, due to injury. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to it can rekindle your feelings of of love and urgency to get back on the field. So you brought up something else that's very poignant in in the blast, Bick, as you often do. Now, Thank you. And, and you know that. Thank you, Vinny. The great majority of the time. Yes. There is a big group of people that in your terminology are so far gone in their hatred of Kyler Murray that they can't see things objectively. No, no. no. Which I don't necessarily look. Has he been the easiest guy to root for since he's been in Arizona? No, no, he hasn't. Has he been the most difficult? Far from it. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people I think that
8: can't ever turn those feelings off. Now, I think he's been a bit. Um, what's the? I'm not underappreciated. He's been. He's been misinterpreted. I. I think on some level, not totally, but just a little yes. bit. And, I, I don't and, think he. I don't think he's aloof, and I don't think he's. I think he's shown qualities of being aloof in the past, and, and I think that leads to a lot of people's feelings. Yeah, I no, he's shown things that look like aloofness yes. in my opinion and and i just think it was a kid who just you know has been very very sheltered and he really hasn't had to be what an NFL quarterback has to be, and and hopefully he's putting it all together. I'm not giving up. Uh, clearly, I'm not giving up on him yet. But I will get five emails, and I I can probably tell you who they're from, um, <laughs> of, of, of people, five who, members of the uh, Too Far uh, Gone, right, right, Andrew yes, of of Carillo, of the Little Sooner Club, right? <laughs> um, yeah, but it it's to me that's the whole thing, Vinny, because the narrative about him has always been he doesn't care about football. He's a baseball player. He's doing this for the money. He doesn't care about this. It sounds like he cares about this. And, again, I, I think that everything I thought I, I – think, I think I know about Kyler Murray, weight room workout warrior, can he ever feel comfortable on an NFL playing field? He doesn't sound full of trepidation to me. He sounds like a guy who's, who, who's got some stuff he wants to prove and put on a football field when he gets back. I, I don't know why you'd say that otherwise. You know what I mean? You don't have to say what he said. You can just keep expectations low and come back and let the chips fall where they proverbially may. But I, so I'm, I'm actually excited by this. And, and I, I told you earlier in the show today, after watching the game a third time, I've got a respect for Josh Dobbs. I really do. I think, I, I think we don't give him credit for the poise he has shown coming into a very difficult situation to manage. And he's kind of kept everything under control. He hasn't been great. He hasn't won a game. He hasn't made plays at the end. He, he to, In my way of viewing it, he's missing that one gene that great quarterbacks have where at the end of the game, you give them the ball, it's just over. You're not winning. Yeah. Y- if you give them the ball, the game is over. But, but, but no that, one's expecting Josh Dobbs no, to be great.
23: that gene separates the
8: great yes. from the everybody right. else. That's and right. And Josh Dobbs is trying to graduate from the everybody else That's club. right. So, so I think that um, in watching these two games at, in some, you know, they're very close to being a, either a 500 team or an unbeaten team. And, and you are what you are in football. I'm not trying to to play the what-if game here. But I'm just saying that if Kyler Murray comes back and is really good in this offense, and now you've got Kyler Murray and Josh Dobbs as quarterbacks going forward, I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah. I don't want to be crass in asking this. Oh.
0: But...
22: Should I get my finger <laughs> well, on the dump button? No, here?
24: no, no, no. Injuries are brutal no matter the situation, but could this be almost a blessing in disguise for Kyler Murray that he gets a fresh restart, a chance to prove himself again with the fan base, win over those who have absolutely refused to like him or believe in him or want him here? Could this be a fresh start for Kyler with it's a good point. his own team? His That's a really good
23: point. Fresh start, when, when you were saying that, Sarah, the, the phrase that came to mind for me was the lighting, the, the relighting of a fuse. Things have changed. I mean, he's not hes not still held in the same regard by this organization because the general manager that drafted him, the coach that coached them they're gone. He I mean, is that... trying to prove himself. And, look, the competitive spirit, we know Kyler Murray is a competitive maniac. We get that.
0: Yeah.
23: Mm-hmm. Um. To, to be asked to prove yourself on any level again, that rekindles a lot of feelings. So, yeah, I mean, it, it could lead to a fresh start. And the attitude is right on the money for him. He wants to get back quick. Mm-hmm.
8: Yeah, listen, I, I, I think the answer to that is yes, because this is his first serious injury, and mm-hmm. and I think he's coming out of it in, in what looks to be a good place. And, and again, I, I can't emphasize this imo- a, a, a anymore, or I can't have, emphasize this often enough. He was underserved by the previous coaching staff. They did him no favors. No. No. And, and general manager, yeah, right. All of them, all of them. So the previous regime, I think, um, failed Kyler Murray. Not, not to mention possibly smearing him and making his reputation issues even worse. This is while rewarding him financially, while rewarding him financially, <laughs> while, right. while doing these mixed messages, right? Yeah, and and so um, I'm curious to see. He did not need to say this. This has got me excited. Yeah, it does.
0: Yeah, and of course, you should be excited if you are a Cardinals fan that, you know, Kyler is is itching to come back. And again, you know, we uh, the update we got from yesterday's availability is, you know, he has a timetable in, of, you know, when he can come back. But they, the Cardinals, JG says, hey, we have our own. And... You know the way he said it, it makes it seem like it, it it doesn't um you know seem to match up. But either way, you know um, if he's cleared to play, it's foolish for them not to play him. Um, and uh, and and if worse comes worse, unfortunately he injured re injures something. You you go back to Dobbs. Um, that's kind of kind of the situation. But like I said, you know, I, I don't expect him to play Week 5 when he's available to come back. I do have a feeling that he will be off of Pup and a, a, available to return to the team, practice, you know, everything a full go. Uh, I don't expect him to play Week 5, but possibly return Week 5 as far as it goes to returning to the team between, you know, 6 and, and 8 is – more uh more likely um so there we go that's everything uh cardinals and uh uh last but not least we we have one little bit you know i know it was an, well over an hour and a half almost uh, an hour 45 of of cardinals here um and you know about 45 minutes apiece on everything else uh, this last little bit will not be uh, 45 minutes, Beast. I know the, the show's been a long one, and I appreciate you guys sticking it out, but we, uh, we'll get into the topic of the Suns uh, up next on uh, Big Sky Sports Talk. The last topic of conversation we're going to get into uh, for today's show is the Suns. And um, this one's an interesting one. Nothing that I've seen or even heard. Um, but uh, Burns and Gambo talk about um, the f- possibility of the Suns looking into trading uh, for Yusef Nurkic uh, of the Blazers um, and the trade piece being DeAndre Ayton. And Gambo... Often has you know some pretty good insight information, and uh, you know he, he's he's wrong like any anybody else, but he's he's right a lot more than he's than he's wrong. So this is an interesting one. So let let's uh listen into what Burns and Gambo have to say. This was um, during their show yesterday
25: first 45 minutes of the show. Um, I don't know if it sounds busy. I don't know if it sounds as busy if you're listening in your car or if you're streaming the show on your app, but I can assure you that behind the scenes, it's been very, very busy around here. On Arizona Sports, that includes doing the first three or four minutes of the show without Gambo, who was off doing the Gambo thing. We're not even really sure what he was doing the Gambo thing about. Um, but it's it, it, we now have an opportunity, uh, in which Gambo's been doing the Gambo thing for basically the last 45 minutes or so. Um,
24: and it's Phoenix Suns related. Yes. What do we got here? What are we talking well, about? Well, uh, Damian Lillard is going to get traded very soon. Okay? Damian Lillard is expected to – I'm expecting a Damian Lillard trade um, – what's the word? Imminently? Is that a word? It, it, it's, it's, imminent. Imminent. it's imminent. It's, it's imminent. imminent. You can um, say it's imminent. I would even say probably within the next 24 hours, I am expecting from what I'm hearing a Damian Lillard trade. Now – they're, I will just say this. The the Suns all summer have not been willing to trade DeAndre Ayton because they think he fits very well. And to be honest, there were just no offers that would change that. We've reported this all summer. The Suns have no interest. In, the Suns were not going to trade Ayton. Part of that is, of course, what we've discussed, that there were no good offers. They were not going to sell Ayton for $0.50 cents on the dollar. The market for D8, DA was low. Um, the value was not something. They were not going to take $0.50 cents on a dollar for DeAndre Ayton. Now, if the Portland trade does, and Portland did not want DeAndre Ayton, but that was based very much on they had Damian Lillard, they were not going to put DeAndre Ayton with Damian Lillard. If Damian Lillard does get traded, which I'm expecting to happen, then it'll be very interesting to see if if Nurkic is on the table. I would I, I would I would be surprised if the Suns don't look at that, because that could be an upgrade for them and would fit Vogel's mode as a defensive-minded center who rebounds the basketball. So that's a that'd be a defensive-minded center that does rebound the ball. So a lot of para- th- things will have changed, right? Things will have changed since June. Uh June, July, August, September, 4 months later, Jokic was never available to the Suns in a trade. And Portland didn't want Ayton because they had Nurkic. Mm-hmm. Okay? But if Portland trades Lillard, which again I'm expecting a Lillard trade to happen within the next 24 hours, Portland then could look to move Nurkic, start over, Ooh. maybe get themselves a 25-year-old center and DeAndre Ayton. So I am not going to rule out uh, the you know anything that you may have heard or people that have heard on Nurkic. Um, again, the Suns. Have not been willing to trade Aiton because he does fit well for Vogel. Vogel wants to keep him, but a big part of that, as me and you have talked about, is that there just were no offers. They were not going to. They were not going to trade DeAndre Aiton and get fifty cents on the dollar for DeAndre Aiton. That was
25: always my suspicion all summer long. To be honest with you, every time we had a conversation about Aiton, and every time we heard this sort of uh, this love fest, honestly, with Frank Vogel talking about DeAndre Aiton. Not that it was necessarily insincere. But, you know, it's like the old song, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're yes. with, right? And, and it, if, you, if you're if you not getting the kind of offers that you feel like you need to to justify trading DeAndre Ayton, then you better figure out a way to love the one you're with. Yes. A- and, and so, and I think, you know, Vogel, now I'll tell you that the way DeAndre played for the, but I know it's just international competition and I know it's not against the best competition, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I will tell you, that the way he played for the Bahamas a month yes. ago yes, honestly yes. had me reinvigorated about the idea of what DeAndre Ayton could be on this roster. It really did. I mean, it really made me think, okay, you know what? On second thought, this is worth a shot. Let's give this a try. Let's 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 test car, let's test drive the car, take it around the block a time or two, and see how it handles the corners, right? Let's, yes. let's see how it handles. Um I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'd I'd almost be a little disappointed if they traded him now, just because I I'd want to see how he responded to a new coach. Now, look, the the flaw in DeAndre Ayton is is the energy and the level of want to and the you know all of that stuff that the the motor sometimes it runs very hot sometimes it doesn't run very hot. Would it run hot all the time for Frank Vogel? Would he become? Because I, you know, I don't care about how many shots DeAndre Ayton gets anymore. I, I don't. I, I care very little about DeAndre Ayton's offense anymore. DeAndre Ayton, whoever plays center for the Phoenix Suns, needs to be the defensive anchor for this team. Needs to be committed to being the defensive anchor for this basketball team. That is your value. That is your role. That yes. is your place. So let's talk about and, Nurkic. And, and yeah. if, well, then just real quick, and if DeAndre Ayton, you know, he's never. His level of commitment to being that guy on this roster for the last five years it is wavered. It, it comes and it goes, and that's what makes him a bit of a risk. But I'd be lying to you and everybody listening if I didn't say I wasn't at least intrigued to see how DeAndre Ayton would have at least started with this new regime and if he would have embraced the role.
24: Yes, yes. And again, I think uh, and I listen. I, I think that if if there is a mystery team that's involved in a potential Dame Lillard deal. I would think that the Suns could possibly be that team. And again, there was no player, no player, the caliber of Yusuf Nurkic that was available to the Suns all summer. So the Suns were not willing to move DA. The they did not move him in June. They did not move him in July. They did not move him in August. And here we are at the end of September. And it's only because of a Damian Lillard trade that something like this could become available. Again, what I'm saying is that the Suns have not been willing to move D.A. because they actually think he fits well. Vogel wanted to keep him, and there were no offers that would change that. If Nurkic becomes available, I would be surprised if the Suns don't look into it because they can make the argument that that is an upgrade defensively, rebounding the basketball for them. That's a guy that does everything that Vogel—Vogel has to have a— def- a defensive center. They were never going to trade Ayton and start, you know, Jacques Landale or Bismack Biombo or or Drew Eubanks. They were never going to trade Ayton and not have back a quality. They were never going to trade Ayton for Buddy Heel. Like it had to be something that would that made sense for them. Jurkic yeah. is still a very young player in his prime. Yeah. That rebounds the basketball ten, eleven rebounds a game. I'm
25: looking. Okay, so he just turned twenty nine about two weeks ago. Um, so he's he's certainly not old. He's certainly in his prime. He, uh, over the last several seasons, let's see, he played in fifty two games last year, fifty six the year before. Thirty-seven the year before that, only eight games in 2019-2020. That was the pandemic year, but obviously the so he's he's. I have to go back and look at his injury history. I'm not familiar with it off the top of my head, but certainly there's you know 30 missed games this past year, 30 the year before. You're talking about nearly 50 the year before that. So there is you know this is where depth becomes let, let's say something like this happens okay let's just like do a little let's workshop this let's think out loud here for a minute okay now your depth probably becomes a little bit more valuable to you now signing drew eubanks becomes a little bit more valuable to you now the bowl bowl acquisition suddenly becomes a little more intriguing depending on what the coaches yes. can unlock out of him uh certainly chemezi met too uh, and what he brings to the table, there's there's depth at the center position, and I only bring that up because with Nurkic and just looking at the number of games he's missed the last few years, you're you might need that, right? He he becomes another guy on a team filled with guys who have missed some games the last few years, yes. right? And so you kind of have to you have to think about that a little bit. You have to factor that in. So so basically, what you're telling me is if if I'm reading this right, is I need to have my radar. On full alert for a Dame Lillard trade. If a
24: Dame because Lillard trade goes, goes down, yes.
25: then we're starting to talk about dominoes falling. Potentially, there all will be. over the yeah, place. Yeah, there
24: will be. There will be. There will uh. be. There will be trades um, that it, the, the Lillard trade will unlikely be a two-team, one-for-one trade. Okay, there are four teams right now in on Damian Lillard. Four teams that are in on Damian Lillard. Again, my expectations from what I'm hearing is that a Damian Lillard trade is imminent. It is going to go down. Um, and if that goes down, there's other, there, you're right, that's a good way to put it. There is a domino effect to that going down, and the Phoenix Suns could very well be a part of that. You can make an argument that Nurkic is an upgrade defensively over Ayton. It would get, now the, Port, again, Portland did not want DA. The, there were talks during the summer, and Portland didn't want him, but that was with Lillard. That was with Lillard staying. Yeah. They did not want D.A. If Lillard's gone, that changes a lot of things. Portland will blow it up and start over.
0: Interesting. Interesting conversation indeed. I don't know necessarily how I feel about Yerkic, uh, Nurkic, he definitely is better defensively, better rebounder than Aiton than has been, but not, in my opinion, better offensively. And I, f- I still feel like... There is uh, a lot of room for um, for um, da to to uh, potential to, to grow. In in the words of um, Al McCoy, when asked about Aiton, he said, um, uh, "Potential is there, just not yet reached." And that's how he feels about him, and and that that man has seen way more basketball than you and I could ever see, um, and has been around some a lot of talent. Um, so I believe he knows what he's talking about. A lot of people feel that um, Frank Vogel can can unlock some things with a, a da that that no one else could, um, and unlock some of that that potential. Um so me personally I'm not ready to give up on DA, you know, um a couple years ago maybe, you know. Um but this year I don't know just just because of all the talk of of uh Frank Vogel and and, and you know what his ability as a coach can uh can do um for guys like DA. I'm kind of interested in see. Now if not then you know then yeah, let, let's go ahead and it might be time to to move on because you're you're kind of tired of the the poor effort and and loafing around as it pertains to DA, but he definitely seems to be more focused, you know, that narrative he wants to change of everybody hating him, I think can can drive him so I'm interested to see, so I'm not ready to move on from from him. Um, but yeah, that most certainly is an interesting Topic for certain. Um, I know it was a long one. You you guys know every every time I record uh, for a Tuesday show that, that it has potential to be uh, pretty pretty lengthy. Uh, so I appreciate you guys uh, listening in as always. Um, and uh, you know, like I said, it was a lot lot going on. Um, a a D backs win, two D losses, ASU loss. Uh, but a well-played game, and then a great Cardinals win, um, and uh, some Suns talk. So appreciate you guys t- sticking it out. Uh, BigSkySportsTalk at Gmail dot com. If you want to shoot me an email, get involved in the conversation. Let me know what you think. Uh, um, yeah, about this the, the uh, Nurkic thing. Um, whether it, it, your thoughts on the Cardinals. Uh, thoughts on uh, ASU. Diamondbacks um, The brutal stretch They're about to endure um, All of that If you, you have uh, some thoughts on it uh, talk at gmail.com And then if you want to send me a direct message On any of my social media platforms uh, It's at Big Sky sports Talk. That's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube uh, You can uh, comment on something Or shoot me a, a direct messages On those as well As far as listening to the show Plenty of places to listen um, Spotify, Apple, Google Um, iHeartRadio Amazon Music Audible uh, that's just to name a few Um, plenty of places to listen Uh, please uh, like, follow, comment and share Um, those are the keywords that that, uh, everybody seems to use and that I'm going to continue to do so Um, subscribe, uh, hit the bell notification on on those listening platforms uh, and listen to uh, every show if you can listen multiple times if you can uh, any and all of that is most certainly encouraged. Um, I will indeed be back uh, tomorrow, so uh, I look forward to talking talking to you guys then. Thanks.